Hello, it's Ben and Mike, and we like stuff. Episode of stuff Ben and Mike like. It's a very long awaited episode. It's been, it's been months, a long time. Like six months, nine months? Probably possibly more than nine months. Could you like people have had children yes. since listening to our last episode of the podcast. I know our demographics really hit that sort of young mother uh, area. Are you pregnant? <laughs> Not currently. Well, Otherwise it would be a really bad idea for me to be drinking this scotch. Excellent. Um, I'm also not pregnant, just to update our listeners on that fact. Um, but this yeah. is a really weird intro. <laughs> like, is... even weirder than that weird impromptu thing you did before. <laughs> well, um, this is what happens when you don't plan things out properly. <laughs> yeah, we're really bad So, um, having, in our first episode, we talked about our top anime of the year. Mm-hmm. In our second episode, yes. we talk, talked about our favourite anime shows. Of in our all third time. episode... We talked about our favourite games. Of all time. And in this episode, since it's been so long, we're actually back to talking about the best anime of the year. But since we're a bit late on this, it's actually going to be the best anime of 2017. And and the first season of 2018. Yes. Because we are in April. And really, we just want to cover everything and give you as much content as possible. Because people have been complaining our podcast is just too short. Yeah, it's true. Like, the episodes, I mean, how are you supposed to get through a train ride from, like, London to Glasgow on that? Yeah, really, it's just... We've let you down, we've let our listener down, (laughs) and we want to apologise. So this this episode is our apology to you. Um, If, on the off chance, you were, like, on the market for some anime that you wanted to watch, there's a lot here that yes. you could potentially be working from though um actually having said that completely contradictory to what we just said we're actually going to skip our usual thing where we talk about what we've been up to recently what games we've been playing what anime we've been playing because there's not really actually that much to cover or rather there's just too much to cover and um it would take too long and we've got lots of shows to talk about but even with just talking about the anime it's still going to be like six hours long so don't worry it's going to be great in. so um 2017 for anime was it a good year it was definitely 2017 wasn't it it was 2017 it was last year um i think i'll probably have a clearer picture once we actually get through all this whether or not i felt like it was a good year for anime uh i think it was one of those years where there were quite a lot of good shows even great shows but no no, like really amazing home run shows i feel like for me i haven't Maybe this is just because I'm getting older, but I feel like I haven't really seen any amazing standouts in quite a long time. I mean, I do, they do come up very occasionally, but they're getting a lot more far and few between. Yeah, me. yeah, I've heard a lot of other people say similarly, actually. Um, but I feel like that's not a sort of sign of the downfall of like the anime industry or anything. I think... Is it our tastes? Are our tastes outdated? Maybe. I don't know. There are still shows that I really, really enjoy. I just feel like they're not, like, top of the range, I guess. 
They're not those premium free-range shows that we grew up on. Yeah, I didn't really grow up on any shows, though, which sort of undermines that argument Yeah, that's true. I mean, I watched, like, a couple of things in terrible dubs, and I thought that all anime was actually produced by the same company, because it all looked kind of similar. Yeah. So, um, they were bad people. <laughs> so, shall we get onto the list? The, the list of destiny. We've got a list of, um, let me just check this here. It's like 70 or so. We've got a list it's actually of 69. 69, nice. the magic number. 69 shows to talk through. Um, if you've been listening since the beginning, you might remember about the lightning round. The <laughs> lightning round. Sorry, I can't say it. No. Okay. And where we just have some shows, which really we don't have a lot to talk about, so we try and cover them in under a minute, except I don't have a watch with me, no. so we're just going to have to guess at this. Um I'll try and get through it quickly. There's going to be a lot of shows here that I'm not going to remember enough about them to talk about it for longer than a few seconds. And again, you're probably going to remember that Mike has watched a lot more anime than I have because somehow he finds the time for it. I watched a lot of anime. So he's watched about twice as many shows as I have. I think possibly more than twice as many. I think probably closer to three times. He's watched a lot of shows. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right because... Damn, you watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, to be honest. Well, anyway, um, so we're going to go through our lists in alphabetical order. Remember, this is 2017 and the sort of, what, what is it, the winter season? Winter season. Of 2018. So we're covering five seasons here, so it's a bumper edition. It's a lot of shows, um, and we'll also probably try and distinguish between what was 2017 and what's been 2018, maybe. Okay, so um, shall we kick things off? Straight Let's away? launch straight in there. So, first off, we've got A Place Further Than the Universe. I think we both watched this. We definitely both watched this, yes. So, this is a show... What, do you remember the Japanese title? Um, Sora no Tori Basho. It's it's literally like sky place that's far away sort of thing. So, this is a show by Madhouse, who make great shows. I forgot it was Madhouse. It all makes sense now. Yeah, about sort of girl... Some girls who are cute school girls, and they decide that they want to go to the Antarctic. And it's all about their adventures and, like, trying to actually get to the Antarctic and what happens when they get there. And there's some, like, comedy and there's some drama. Some tearjerker moments. Everyone is sort of... It's quite a sort of cutesy style. I wouldn't quite call it a sort of Moe blob. It's not Moe blob, no. It's sort of... I I mean, you you wouldn't quite call it sort of K-On in Antarctic, but it's not... (laughs) It's not no. as far off as it could be. It's probably more serious than your yeah, sort of average Yeah, it's, it's definitely Bob more show. serious than that. Like, I think, yeah, it's quite... It's, I, I think it's quite down-to-earth compared to some of those more Moe Bobby things. Um, there's quite a lot of realism there. You probably learn more about what it takes to travel to Antarctica than, like, you previously mm. knew. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, like just going to throw it out there but i really really like this show a lot more than i was expecting to i was expecting to really like it and ended up not being that keen on it uh, so there well, you that's, go that's interesting divisive opinions there. lots to talk about already what did you like about it what did i like about it well um, what, what what made you apprehensive about it and then what ended up t- changing your mind on it what made it me apprehensive about it was that it did look like a show of cute girls doing cute things and you know often that's not really my bag um but, you know, I thought I'd give it a chance because you don't get many animes set in Antarctica um, mm. with, like, penguins and stuff, so that's pretty cool. Um, and even the first episodes put me off slightly because the, 
very like main character protagonist girl is your classic sort of really ditzy high school student like doesn't really do much and is a bit yeah airheaded sort of thing she is basically just like yui from kaon if you'd know that y- show yeah that's probably true. they even have pretty much the same haircut <laughs> we probably shouldn't have dead air while i just try and picture what her haircut looks like yes but yeah um but then no i found myself really getting into it i think the sort of friendship between like the four main girls there are four right yeah um yeah. is like one of the more sort of realistic uh, i've seen sort of in an anime um in quite a while um i was really sort of behind a lot of the motivations there were some great moments where like they each sort of grow individually Mm. like they have little you know quirks and then they sort of work to overcome those or sort of understand themselves um but like it wasn't just heavy like there was a lot of comedy um there was a lot of silliness and yeah like it all just sort of boiled together in a big pot of stuff that ended up being really enjoyable for me and it had some great music in there um some really really pretty backgrounds especially mm. once they get to like antarctica and stuff i don't know whether that's a spoiler that they actually get there they well <laughs> it, it, it's in the opening it's in the so opening i guess yeah i, I was actually thinking starting to think at one point because it, it takes quite a few episodes before they get to antarctica yeah. maybe that's also a spoiler i don't know <laughs> but um at some point you start to think, are they actually going to get there? Is this going to be like a double length show? Or is it just going to be 13 episodes of them not quite managing to go to Antarctica? Mm. <clears throat> Did you have anything else to... I don't know. So um, it's, it's worth pointing out that they don't just decide one day to go. Mm. It's like one of the girls, um, her mother was a member of an expedition to Antarctica. Mm. Um, and she ended up basically uh, getting lost out there. Like the expedition lost her. And so she's missing, presumed dead, effectively. Um, and so, I mean, she's been missing, presumed dead for years. So it's couple like of years. she's pretty definitely dead. But yeah, um, it, it's not like it's a sort of desperate rescue mission. No, no, it's not her. a rescue. It's like the girl just sort of wants to follow in her mum's footsteps. Mm. I think she's sort of trying to kid herself, kid herself that she might find her mum there in the first instance, but just sort of trying to do something off her own back. And she's like worked really hard over the past like mm. couple of years as a schoolgirl to earn just like a whole ton of money to try and get her to Antarctica. Um, and I think that whole arc wraps up really mm. nicely towards the, the end. Um, the four girls, it's worth pointing out, don't actually know each other at the beginning. They sort of meet through sort of vaguely seeing each other and to sort of come across each other and then end up sort of having this really strong friendship mm. as they go on their journey. And they're all from sort of quite different backgrounds and have different backstories and situations and different motivations for wanting to go to Antarctica. And they play off each other really, yes. really well. I mean, what I didn't like about the show and what I felt sort of was really the sort of the the dramatic moments and sort of I felt that a lot of it was not really well done drama but just sort of artificially induced drama like I don't think this actually happened, but the whole kind of situation where someone comes in and sees something and then someone goes, no, I can explain. And then the other person just runs away and it ends up being this huge thing that drags out for six hours where they could have just spent about 30 seconds talking about it and saying, oh, actually, this is my sister. Don't worry about it. But no, <laughs> yeah, that it definitely drags didn't out. Happen. <laughs> um, and that I just, there was lots of... When it was sort of being a funny show, and I'm not saying that it couldn't be dramatic, but I felt the drama was a bit heavy-handed 
and it just seemed a bit sort of just it didn't really seem to fit with me for the rest of, with the rest of the show I, I sort of see where you're coming from um and i think some of the drama maybe was heavy-handed and some of the emotion was a bit forced but i think the vast majority of it made a lot of sense like given the characters and where they were at well, um I, I just want to say i don't actually think i i'd say at the beginning i don't think it was a bad show i did still enjoy it but i just felt that I came into it sort of actually sort of from the first couple of episodes thinking this is going to be really great. And in the end, I just thought it was sort of okay. That's fair enough. So, but overall, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd recommend it with caveats, but it's a very pretty show. It's very well animated. It's strange because there was um, this show, which was by Madhouse. And it's the kind of show you'd sort of expect from someone more like KyoAni, <laughs> who are known for making sort of cutesy yeah, Moe shows. And then there was another show which was by KyoAni, which maybe you'd expect to be more of a madhouse show. <laughs> I, I sort of see where you're coming from, but I guess we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that later. Um, so let's move on to our next show, which is A yeah. Silent Voice. And this is a lightning round. It's a lightning round. Um, and it's actually a movie rather than a show. Um, uh, I think I may have potentially talked about it briefly on a previous podcast so like that's good. also worth mentioning is that we've probably talked about <laughs> some of these shows at least briefly before so it may be recovering some things we'll um, try not to spend too much time on it yeah and our memory of previous podcasts is probably worse than our memory of like shows that aired over a year ago now and to be fair your memory of previous podcasts <laughs> is also probably very bad because you didn't listen to them like you because it was like a year ago. So. We just didn't listen to them. Yeah. Um, so There's sil- no better place to start than episode four. <laughs> so A Silent Voice is actually by KyoAni that ben, ben just mentioned um, and isn't like a cutesy thing at all, actually. So, um, they have been diversifying. Yeah, it's a movie about... Um, it's basically about a bunch of uh, school kids. Um, it centres around a particular guy who sort of, when he was a young kid, was a bit of a bully and then he sort of ended up being ostracised by some of his friends because he took it overboard when like a girl who was deaf joined the school um joined their class and like everyone sort of bullied her a bit and then he went overboard and like sort of ended up really hurting her and like then he basically was bullied for the rest of his sort of school career and then they end up coming back together later on uh, in life and it's a sort of big twisty drama thing um and yeah I don't want to say too much about it but it's definitely one of the best uh, animated movies that I've seen in a long time. So I'm just going to throw that out there and say if you're up for like some anime that's quite serious rather than like lighthearted and silly and action-y, um, then check it out. It's also quite pretty. So. Okay. Um, next is Alice and Zoroku. Aris to Zoroku. You skip one. Did I? Shit, Akka. <laughs> we'll be in with A. Yeah, uh, we're doing this in alphabetical order in case, in case it wasn't obvious. We'll get though, back to Alice and Zoroku. Though a silent voice should be below anyway. Um, Spaces, man. Yeah. So, Akka, I'll probably actually try enlightening this as well, actually. But So this was a really artsy show. I can't remember who it's by. I feel like it even could be Madhouse, but it's probably not. Um... No, I'm not going to try and remember. So it's a show about a sort of fictional um, country that's sort of a bit Japani, but it's like split up into loads of different nations that are very different, and they all sort of specialise in different things. The people are like different. This is a really bad description, but like it's basically a sort of really bad is like the subtitle mis- for the show. <laughs> mystery, police, dramery, intrigue, politically thing. 
um, which was one that I went into without too many expectations. I just was sort of slightly intrigued by the art style, and the art is indeed really cool. Um, and it's a bit of a slow burn for quite a while as well, so you need a bit of patience to stick with it. But then uh, it really pays off towards the end when like all the sort of different threads come together. Um, as I say, like it's, it's it's a funky, like intriguing political type thing. Um, with some yeah, cool art, cool characters, cool jazzy music. Um, I love jazzy music. That's probably enough on that, to be honest. I, I, I recommend it if that sounds like your bag. I okay. <clears throat> Alison Zoroku, I think I've actually mentioned before. I didn't actually watch this whole show. I watched like the first seven episodes. But then it reached a satisfying conclusion. So, you know, I just kind of stopped there because it looked like they're doing that thing where after reaching a satisfying conclusion, it then just introduces a load of other stuff that screws everything up. So I was like, nah, mate. JRPG syndrome. So um, this was a show about a... It was basically just some old guy who... It starts out with him, like, doing something for the mafia, and it's all looking a bit shady, and it's like, oh, man, what's this old guy dealing with the mafia doing? And they paid him some ridiculous amount of money to get this thing at short notice. And he's like, here it is, look after it. It turns out that he's actually a florist, and he does flower arranging for the mafia occasionally. Well, I guess they're the Yakuza. Yeah. Anyway. Um... And then he runs into this young girl. His name is Zoroku, and he's this old guy. And then he somehow encounters this young girl called Alice, who is basically sort of this human experiment thing who's escaped from a uh, some facility somewhere. And she's pretty much just like a... has magical girl powers. And is also being hunted by all these other people who are trying to get her back. And meanwhile, this old guy... So it's like it's a fairly typical anime plot, but the the best part about the show is there's just this old guy who's just absolutely having none of this shit. He's just like, no, you sit down, you sit down, stop fighting, you ruin my car, just, you know, just calm down, okay? And then he keeps on saying, I hate crooked stuff. And it's great. And he's just a great character. And really, you know, the best thing about, about the show is him and just how he just, like, Whenever the show is being like, oh, we're just some kind of fighty anime with magical girls, he's just like, no, stop. And then eventually it just kind of just becomes more of a fighty anime with anime girls. Right. And, um, yeah, so that was less great. It's just better when he's and just being a grumpy old watching, man. I guess. And also it reached a satisfying conclusion. So I can't say I've watched the whole show, so I have no idea if it's good. And it wasn't really great, to begin, I think it's JC staff or yes, something. I so it's not so. a huge, not not amazing animation <laughs> or production values is what that really translates to. Well, I mean, I've got a counterpoint to that in a bit. Okay, but, but um, I I enjoyed the bit of it that we watched, and I you know recommend part of it. And if you really enjoy it, I guess keep watching because I didn't, <laughs> but you could. Excellent. Right in with how good the rest of Alice and Zoroku is. Yes. How do we deal with write-ins? What's our address? I think we actually do have a Gmail. Do we? But I have oh, no yeah. idea what it is. Isn't it Mike, Ben and Mike? At... It's... Po- we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> we won't. Um, so, next up is Ancient Magus Bride. Or... Or Mahotsukai no Yome. Yes. Um, which we both watched the majority of, and I watched all of. I watched... I believe. I think beyond the midpoint, possibly only up to the midpoint. I okay. can't remember. And I we've also watched the um, 
the OVAs. There's, oh, there, yeah. there, there were three OVAs that preceded the show, which sort of showed the backstory of the main character. And then there was the show itself. Do you want to do the... Um, yeah, I can try and synopsize this. Um, so it's basically about a girl um, who can like see ghosts and spirits and monsters and stuff you know classic like second sight type stuff Mm. um and as a result has been like ostracized and bullied and like sort of felt apart from everyone else for all her life and also just like completely terrified of all the monsters she sees all the time yeah and as a result like she ends up being a real handful for her parents who like obviously don't really love her and or well get rid of her or rather yeah so her her dad leaves her and her mum and then her mum commits suicide basically and then she gets placed with her I think aunt and uncle potentially Mm. who yeah really don't want her Uh, and she basically just has a really sad life because she's been born with this ability to see things Um, and so the show actually starts with her basically having sold herself off yes to someone it's basically sort of an underground magic selling auction auction yeah Um, and so, like, what happens in the first episode is she, yeah, she gets put on, put up for auction, and she gets bought by the titular Ancient Magus, <laughs> uh, who's, like, a big forest monster bonehead man. He's just, like, he looks sort of like a big, he's got these sort of old-fashioned robes, and then his head is just a massive skull thing. Yeah, it's like an ox skull? No. Yeah. Like a ram skull. Um, big horns, yeah, is the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then basically from there, he's like, I'm going to make you my wife because you're this super rare thing called a sleigh beggy, um, yes. which is actually a thing in, I think, like Irish folklore. I, I did but try and look it up at one point. It's I a very, it's a very right. different thing. So in this show, she's like just a person who's really like susceptible to magic and like sees all these well, things. She, the, the point is that she's a, she has a combination where she has the sight and she's also a sleigh beggy, yeah. which means that she is like a source of magic herself or something like that. Something like that. Basically, but, she's really magical. But also she can see magical things. And the combination of those two is very, very rare. Yeah, which is why she was being sold off, basically. Why but she yeah, sold no, herself re- Real life sleigh beggies are like tiny naked men, I believe. That sounds like a great show. <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, yeah, he's like, I'm going to make you my bride because... It's effectively like a shoujo almost in many ways. Mm. Um, it's like a romancy type thing, even though like the main guy isn't human. Um, and basically he takes her under his wing. She's like really happy because no one's really shown much love for her before. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm going to teach you magic. And I'm going to teach you to control your powers. Otherwise, like you'll probably destroy yourself, etc. Um, and then they have a whole bunch of hijinks where like basically it, the show just tries to demonstrate the universe that it's created, which is like a combination of all sorts of different types of folklore and fairy tales and mm. stuff mashed together. Um, and then you just go through little adventures with people. And Yeah, I mean, that... I The, the bits of the show that I watched, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the OVAs because they were a bit sort of... That, that told the story of sort of what proceeds before she goes into this little whole selling herself mm. thing. And those told sort of quite a tight and interesting yeah. story is quite a lot going on. Um, but the actual show itself is not slow so much. It's just that what's happening isn't that interesting. 
It's not important for the no, most part. I suppose that's, that, like, that, that's a better way of putting it. There's lots of stuff that's saying, okay, there's all these magical things going on. But it never sort of really feels like much progress is being made. It sort of feels like you're just being led through things. Yeah. That are quite a... It's like the vast majority of episodes are just like small little self-contained episodes of, ooh, this is a nice little neat piece of magic folklore or whatever. Um, and then every now and then it'll be like, oh, we need some kind of plot beat here, mm. otherwise people might give up on us, sort of thing. Which I did. Yeah, which you did. And to be honest, the bits where it did try to have more of an overarching story to like mm. grab you and get some kind of progression, I found was probably less interesting than just the tidbits of other stuff. What I will say about that show is that it is fabulously beautiful yes like is an absolutely gorgeously animated show apart from that there's some bits where randomly the because mostly it's sort of a fairly not serious show but it sort of seems to be taking itself seriously and then there are some scenes occasionally where characters just go to sort of having strangely drawn faces sort of just it's cr- like the sort crude of... animation sequences to when people are being stupid or something like that yeah and it just i felt those broke the immersion and broke the tone quite well every time they came in and i wasn't really a fan of that yeah um i think it's partly just because it probably wasn't as funny Mm. as they hoped that it was um but yeah that's that's basically the the big standout is that the show is just incredibly pretty i mean the, the music as well there's one particular sequence that i remember just sort of standing out to me where um the main girl has to like She's trying to vanquish this demon and she has to like walk across this lake and it's just all dark and there's mm. like stuff flowing everywhere and there's great music and I was like, wow, it's a great show. Yeah. And then some other stuff happened and I was like, oh, wait, it's still stupid. <laughs> yeah, good art, good music, probably not enough to make it worth watching on the strength of those alone. I yeah, guess. it was just, it's just lacking in substance and it's annoying because it's with a little bit more substance, it could be so outstanding yeah it's just on the edge of it yeah that's what really got me as we were going through particularly the second part where it tries to focus more on that overarching story which isn't very good um it's like yeah the lost potential basically of the whole setup like this world that they're in could be could be utilized for so much more um and yeah I think as well the, the the main girl, like her character, I just couldn't, she, she's couldn't not buy into her at interesting. all. She's not interesting. Her, she, all her decisions are really she, stupid. She and... spends her whole kind of her whole time just sort of going, "Oh, I'm not really sure what to do." Oh, she's just a very standard shoujo protagonist, mm. I guess, in a lot of ways. But... Yeah, I, I mean, again, maybe it's just the shoujo shows that I've watched are more, or just don't tend to watch shows <laughs> characters like that. That's fair, but um. And as I said, it is annoying because the OVAs were really fantastic mm. and I think really represented the what the show could have been. Yeah, I think it is perfect for that sort of little self-contained story within that mm. universe. Just little vignettes, effectively. I think that would have been really good. They could have just done a series of those mm. and not even necessarily with the same characters involved. And I'd have been happy. Yeah, I mean... I mean, there's quite a few interesting side characters who pop up and then aren't really there mm. for very long. And I really just think, well, they may, maybe they come back in a bit more later on. But um, So w- would you recommend that me having watched a, roughly the halfway point, would you say it's worth me actually finishing it? Or do you think I've really got, about, got out? 
I think you've probably got as much as you're going to get out of it. As I say, like it really falls off in the second half, I think. Um, and yeah, the best bits you've probably already really absorbed in terms of the art and the music. So, I mean, I guess we'd say watch the OVAs because yes. they were gen. There's three OVAs. Yeah, three episodes. And so. they were genuinely fantastic. They're all they're all sort of part of the same story. So it's a three episode arc. Um, and then I mean, give the show a try if you want. If you feel like it's drawing you in and you're enjoying it, then by all means watch it. But I would say watch it more as like a beautiful thing rather mm. than anything with a lot of substance. And you can find it and the OVAs on Crunchyroll. Just so we can be, you know, helpful and tell people where they can watch them. Are we sponsored by Crunchyroll? Hashtag sponsored podcast. No, no, we're not. That'd be great. We're five, five shows in, and we've had half an hour already. <laughs> Keep up the pace. <laughs> to be fair, there's we haven't had any real lightning ones yet. Okay. But anyway, but I mean, we, we had quite a lot to say in Ancient Magus Bride, so that's yeah. fair. So. Um, Let's crack on. I'll speed things up. So next okay. is Be the Beginning, which is uh, one of these Netflix original anime um, yes. that's uh, happened recently. Um, Netflix just throwing money at anime because they know a lot of people watch it. And, you know, maybe it gets people buying Netflix. Who knows? Um, but I think it was production IG. Uh, Be the Beginning is really weird. Basically... On one half, it's like a really serious, like gritty um, procedural crime detective drama thriller thing, okay. um, where you've got a main char- main character who's like a sort of washed up detective who's sort of been suspended for a while, and he's like incredibly smart, but he doesn't have many people skills. And you find out that like his sister was like murdered, and he's still trying to like track down the killer, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then on the other ha- other half of the show with a completely different set of characters, is this really bizarre, like, mystical, supernatural nonsense with, like, this kid who can turn his arm into a sword and he can fly and, like, he's having mystical battles with other superpowered people. Um, Cool. And there's just these two strands that are so different to one another. They do eventually, like, try and combine them and they interlink and, Mm -hmm. like, there's some kind of finale. But... um, it's just it's really odd and quite jarring, but I found myself being really, really, really like gripped by it all the way through. It was like a roller coaster. I just wanted to keep watching the next episode every single time, um, and yeah, ended up watching it all despite the fact that, especially towards the end, I was just thinking this actually isn't very good, but I'm still on board. I recall that you tweeted that it was a hot mess. <laughs> a hot mess is other words that I used exactly, um, and I stick by that. Um, what I think I'd love to see is just like a crime drama with like the detective characters and the police characters and just completely throw the supernatural stuff out the window because that didn't work for me at all. I do feel Whereas like, I like yeah. those characters and that tone. I feel like a lot of the time with crime dramas, if you because a lot of the time people try and do a sort of supernatural crime drama, I think it's actually quite hard to do well i think crime dramas work well when they're sort of rooted in the real world yeah. because they're sort of more about exploring the human nature and sort of the horrifying well it depends on the tone of it but if they're about murders that can often be about sort of the horrifying nature of humanity i mean you can do things that are more like a supernatural crime drama but then it ends up being more like the x-files which i wouldn't really describe as a crime drama no. more as a Sitcom. supernatural <laughs> 
it's just a sort of a sci-fi show. Yeah, really. yeah. But anyway, that's probably enough on Be the Beginning. Uh, you can find that on Netflix. Um, I enjoyed it. They're apparently making more, which I'll also probably watch because, um, you know, like that. Is there going to be Be the Middle next? <laughs> I hope so. Be the yeah. Okay. Central part of the story. Next is Ballroom a Yorkoso. Or Welcome to the Ballroom. Um, so this is basically a sports anime where the sport is ballroom dancing, which makes a nice change from like other more mainstream sports, I guess. Um, it's, it's pretty good. Okay. It's <laughs> probably all I have to say, really. Uh, it's, yeah, it's got some really good music. Uh, it gets ballroom dancing, which is something that most people don't really see too much of, so it's a nice little change of pace. Um, yeah, it's quite a striking art style. Lightning round. Interesting. Children of Ether. This is an anime by LaShawn Thomas. I can remember literally nothing about it. I think it was really mediocre. Who is um, LaShawn Thomas? Who is LaShawn Thomas? I can't even remember now. That's, that's how little I remember about it. Okay, moving on. Is he a wrestler? On. No, he's not a wrestler. He's a, is he a rapper type chap? Man, I hope no one like who's interested in LaShawn Thomas listens to this podcast. I think that's doubtful. <laughs> it's unlikely, isn't it? I mean, given our audience... Um... And then, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Cool. Um, next one is Children of the Whales. Yeah. Or a really long Japanese name, which begins Kujira no Kora and then carries on. Okay. There's um, Children of the Whales, like the animals, not whales, the country, yes. fortunately. Yes. Sorry, Welsh people. We just lost all our Welsh I'm not sure I've seen any anime set in Wales. There's still time, though. I did actually have something else to say on... On what? That, Children that, of Ether? No, that, that just reminded me about something in Ancient Magus Bride, oh, okay. which I might mention very quickly, is that this show was actually, it was surprisingly set in Britain, or in England, yes. except my slight problem with it is that, as Japanese people tend to do, they kept on having all these slightly weird Japanese things, like when they have breakfast, they like have a slightly Japanese breakfast, and England doesn't quite look like England. I think it was more just like they'd have breakfast and it would just be a giant feast of all the different like British dishes they could come up with. So they're sitting down for just like a small morning meal and it's like there's fish and chips and a cottage pie and like all this sort of stuff. But anyway. Anyway. That... It was also supposedly set in West London when actually they live in the middle of a giant field with like forests all around and it's I like thought... this is unlikely. Oh, I don't know anyway. But they it did was... go into London. That was pretty cool. It was... Enjoyed that as a London. Yes. I... It didn't really look like England or feel like England. But, I mean, I guess that's hard if you're Japanese. And, like, exploring fairies and stuff. Yes. Anyway, let's go back, back to... Back to... I don't even... Children of the Children Whales. Children of the Whales. Okay, so this is another show that is on Netflix, but I don't think is a Netflix original. And this is, in fact, my JC Staff counterpoint to what you were saying earlier about JC Staff not animating things well and being pretty ugly. Um, this is a really, really gorgeous show. I really, really like it. So the premise is that there's this island basically that's like floating in the sea um almost like you know that show with the polar bear that used to be on like bbc was it like noah's island you know oh man <laughs> um anyway i uh, wasn't it like powered by a volcano it's powered by a volcano that was so awesome I yeah and there was volcano. an orangutan who was like the <sighs> scottish engineer like ala star trek and it was yeah anyway that's oh. a big tangent so I'm, I want to explore this tangent. <laughs> well, that, I mean, it's probably reasonable for stuff Ben and Mike like podcast. But anyway, um, so there's this island that's full of all these uh, people. Um, 
some of whom can use magic and have like a really shortened lifespan. Some of them can't use magic. They're like normal people. Um, and there's like this group of elders who are like the only ones who know sort of where the island has come from and like who the people are and like why they have these powers. Um, are any of them polar bears? <laughs> I don't remember there being any polar bears, uh-huh. but I mean, some of them wore hoods, so maybe. Okay. Um, I'm just going to assume that they are polar bears. <laughs> probably makes the show slightly more entertaining. I don't know. Um, but basically, it's this, this sand whale that's like this big island that's floating through the sea of sand. Um, and it's just people trying to get by, for the most part. Um, and then basically one day, uh, they come across like another island where like there's loads of people. They've never seen like any other people or other islands before. Um, loads of people have like, been killed. And they find this girl there, and she's like got no emotions. And they, they bring her back to her, to their island. And then their island comes under attack from like this giant force of like faceless people who like use magic to like kill everyone basically um and then it just sort of sort of escalates from there i guess um but like i just wanted to highlight the universe that they built is really really pretty and really really interesting and different from some of the the other stuff that i've seen before um it's got some great music it's got some really good action uh some fun characters um and i just yeah i I wanted to big it up because i didn't really see anyone talking about it at all online Um, I think possibly just because it's one of these things where Netflix only put up all the episodes after it was over sort of I've, thing. I've seen it on Netflix, but I wasn't really sure what to think of it. I think I possibly assumed it was a movie. Yeah, it's got... I, I, I think the marketing's really off point for it, basically. I mean, I don't uh, know about marketing. I've literally just, like, seen seen it on Netflix. It is present. Yeah, um, and they make it look like, I guess, maybe a sort of artsy, introspective casually show yeah where it actually turns out to be quite actiony and I, really I, dark i, I, and I think that that was my thought as i saw it and i thought well that looks like an artsy yeah artsy anime movie i've seen one i've seen the, i've <laughs> seen, seen that before. i've seen that movie before yeah i can understand that the, you know the one artsy anime movie there is that all the anime movies are unless they're like naruto tie-in movies <laughs> naruto spin-off um yeah no basically yeah i just want to encourage people to give it a chance because yeah it doesn't look like what it actually ends up being which well, is i will good Give that a try and get back to you. Glad to hear it. Next is Classroom of the Elite. Oh man, you've watched this show? I think I watched the first, like, two episodes. I watched this whole show. Um, Basically, it is about... Okay, so there is this school in Japan where you go when... where sort of elite people from the country are sent to and it's sort of supposed to be this thing where they're trained to become the next leaders of the world or something like that. The elite. Um, the elite, in fact. And they get sent there, and it's sort of like a locked compound thing, so they can't leave, and they can't... <clears throat> people can't come in or go out freely, but they have... Every, then they're on this sort of artificial island, and everything they need is supplied for them. And um, there's this whole system where, at the beginning, everyone gets given, like, 10 million yen or some quite mm. large amount of money which is uh 10 no hang on 10 million yen 10 million yen is a hundred thousand pounds ish yes i can't know maybe it's not 10 million yen they get given quite a lot of money anyway um not a stupid amount of money but like quite a large maybe it's like ten thousand pounds it's not that important really. they get given a lot of money more, more money than you'd usually need to get through a month and then they're like you're gonna get told you're gonna get paid this every month and then they have these sort of points ranking systems and for the first month no one really pays attention 
and they do all this stupid stuff and then at the end of the month they're like so you were going to get paid all this money but because you didn't behave properly you didn't do all this stuff you lost all your points so now you get paid nothing and then everyone's like oh shit i'm gonna starve and there's like stuff you can get for free that like zero point handouts <clears throat> and also each year is sorted into four classes so there's a class b class c class and d class i see what they did there and pretty much the classes are sort of that well obviously they're ranked and then if your class gets more points than the next class up then you rank up your class and that gets you more benefits and more money and more money and um basically it's just about this and the the, the main character is a sort of He's basically just sort of like a light novel protagonist. He just like looks like some normal guy, but he's actually got this backstory with all of these... I don't know, he was brought up in some kind of... He's basically a genius slash mastermind slash evil science experiment gone wrong slash sex god kind of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you just said light novel protagonist because I was going to chime in with like about five different examples of anime protagonists that are all based on light novels that he's well, like identical to and it's like yeah yes um and basically he's just you know women love him men want to be him um and but of uh, course he's very unassuming and he's very and unassuming. like not treated as if he's anything special and i mean that there's quite a lot of fan servicey stuff going on which i'm not a huge fan of but some people may be how ironic anyway um and basically it's about all the there's lots of sort of backstabbing and saying, oh, and trying to sort of scheme against the other classes to get all these points. And there's all these different events that go on where you can get different points and do things. And then through it all, you're just like, what's going on with this main character guy? And uh, and you, and there's all these other characters whose motives aren't really explained that well either. And in the end, it's like nothing is actually properly explained and the show just ends. And you're oh, just great. like, man, I hope there's a second season because really... Do you though? I do, because, you know, it was stupid, but it was actually entertaining Okay. in a very stupid way. It's just, it's hard to describe. It's sort of, it's complete trash, but it's well done and it's engaging. So you're just sort of watching it for the sort of the amusement of watching all these characters interact with each other. And you don't really care what happens to them, but you sort of, you want to see what happens because you know that the results are probably going to be entertaining. Fair enough. And the the setting is fairly interesting. It's sort of I we've talked about Mahoka before. Mm-hmm. It's not on a level with Mahoka, but it's sort of got a similar level of sort of school intrigue and inter inside politics sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'd say if you want a show and you should give it. Well, you can give it a watch, but like, don't try and take it too seriously because I don't think you'll enjoy it. I think you watch it as kind of a silly show. It does take itself seriously, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Where can people watch that then? Um, I believe it's on Crunchyroll. Is it? Dot com forward slash. I don't know shows slash class of elite or something. I don't oh, know. believe you. I, I can't remember. It, it has a really long Japanese title as well. I can't remember what it is. Anyway. Yes. Next up. Um, I just thought I'd mention that I went to go see the first Code Geass recap movie in the cinema the other week. You managed to get all the sold out tickets for it. It wasn't sold out. 
Well, that, that, there was a, a special, super special fan screening the night before where people got like an exclusive poster and like got to go to something that was called a fan screening. And I just went to like the normal opening night and they had a bunch of posters left over. And I was like, can I have one? They were like, yes. And so I've got a poster up on my wall from Code Geass, which is pretty cool. And you didn't have to go to the stupid no, fan screening no. with all of the people in cosplay. I don't know whether anyone was cosplaying. Maybe I'm sure they were. They were. Um, but I mean, that was great. It's Code Geass. It's I sort a, of remember how much I like that It's just a show. Code Geass recap movie. Yeah basically it i don't really know why there's such a big deal being made about it it's just a... it's because there's more code yes coming soon i think it's just a recap movie and it's been so long since code yes i think people have it's sort of leaving people's minds I, i've um, watched the first like couple of i don't know what is this the first half or the first third or it goes quite far um there's going to be three movies total okay so hypothetically a third but like I, they skip over a lot of stuff i've seen the first like part or the first sort of, I don't know, ten episodes of Code Geass quite a few times yeah. now. And I'm sort of... I tend to, if I was rewatching, I'd probably just kind of skip past those maybe a bit. Which is not usually something I do, but I've just seen it a lot of times. that I'm not that bothered anymore. Yeah. And it is also probably worth saying that the format of the recap movie, where they're trying to skip over everything, I don't think works super well for Code Geass. So basically they end up just including a lot of the action scenes, as you might expect. Yeah. Um, and some of those are, like, really good... And obviously you get a lot of the sort of tactics mm. stuff there, which is nifty and what Code S is all about. But you don't get the sort of overall long game strategy stuff, which is also yeah. quite important to what Lelouch is doing. Um, and yeah, you don't get a massive amount of explanation while it jumps from conflict to conflict. I can't think that it's a show that would lend itself very well to, um, to a movie squashing. Yeah. I'm presuming it's quite a long movie. It, it was quite long. It was longer than I was expecting, okay. yes. Because these recap movies always end up being something like two and a half, three hours or something. Yeah, it wasn't three hours, but I think it might have been like two and a half. It was long. Anyway, okay. That's probably more than was needed about Code Geass, which came out like over a decade ago. Um, Probably. Devil Man Crybaby. Devil Man Crybaby is another Netflix original series. So you can find that on Netflix. Um, And it had a lot of hype about it when it first came out. Wait, we've totally missed a show. We that. totally skipped a show. Never Damn mind. it, Ben. We'll I go should back. stop trusting you. Um, it's So Devilman is a show of old yes. that people like. This isn't that. Um, it sort of vaguely nods towards the original Devilman. But this is a show about kids who's sort of like a devil. And there's like his friend who's sort of like not a devil. And then like they sort of grow up. And then the other kids sort of gone weird and twisted and got a strange personality and a big white coat. And then, like, devil kid's just, like, quite wimpy. And then he awakens his devil powers. And then he goes around and he, like, punches people's hearts through their chests. And, like, there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of explicit sex. And it's really, really weird and artsy. And it's uh, Saki Owasa who, did, who does, like, weird trippy films like The Night Short, Walk on Girl and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and so his influence is pretty pretty clear there. Um I think, like, loads of people really, really love it and were singing their phrases when it first came out, but I think it was a bit of a train wreck. <laughs> I don't think it was that great. It's like, sure, if you love gratuitous violence and silly stuff, then go for it. But... Well, if you go with, like, if you're going on modern television, then people <laughs> apparently love gratuitous violence and sex scenes. That's pretty much all yeah, you need to it's do. It's true, to it's true. Show. Like, if, if they want to wrap up the American audience with some anime, then I guess this is the way to go. Wow. Um, but that's probably enough of that. It wasn't that great. Skipping back. Skipping back one in the alphabet. Darling in the Franks. Darling in the Franks, which is ongoing. 
which is in its Japanese title is Darling in the Franks. So should we be talking about it if it's ongoing? I mean, we can talk about how we've felt about it so far. Okay, so this is a Studio Trigger show, and so when it was first announced... It's not... Studio Trigger with... A with a... a what? Yes. Yeah, I think. Which is good, because it's like, then you get the <laughs> the style of Trigger, but the animation consistency mm. of A1. It's yeah. like the best of both worlds. So like when it was first announced, and they were like, it's these studios, they're doing a thing, and here's some art from it. I was like, man, I'm so on board for this, this is going to be great. Because I always get really hyped for Trigger projects, even though I haven't mm. really been blown away by a Trigger project for a while. Yeah. Um... But it also looked a bit sort of like Star Drivery, and so that appeals to me, and like would probably appeal to you if you actually thought it looked like Star Driver, it's a, which I don't think I did. do. Okay, it's a well, <laughs> it's a mecha show, and the mecha designer is the person who did the same, who did the mecha designs for Star Driver, mm. and the main mech looks very similar to Talburn, which is the main mech from Star Driver, whichever figure on a shelf behind. Yes, us. Um, and I was just like. I was looking at it, and I was like, man, I mean, why why, why couldn't you just come up with a new design? <laughs> I mean, the colour scheme is... I mean, if it's just the same design, it's the colour scheme is different. Yeah. And there's even also one that's just basically like a blue version, blue and white version, instead yeah. of red and white version. And with a fringe. Of, there's one of those in Star Driver as well, that's not true. with the fringe. Yeah. Anyway, we should talk about that's the, a bit of a tangent. the plot. The plot. What's the plot, Ben? So... Um, what is the plot? Uh, so so, so there, there, there's these children who live in this weird sort of moving... It, Basically, it, something it, weird yeah. has happened to mankind. Something weird has happened to mankind. And like everyone yeah. lives in like these big dome cities which in the middle of move. like deserts, which move around. Yeah. Um, and there seems to be this massive demarcation between, quotes adults and, quotes children. Yes. Um, and the adults usually don't show their faces and have weird masks on and are just all sort generally of weird strange. and emotionless and scheming. Apart from Franks, I say, <laughs> or Professor Franks. Yes. Who is the creator of Franks. Which are the Meccas? Which are the Meccas? Because well, no one can just call them robots. They yeah. have to come up with a funny name for them. Um, and basically, in this universe, the children fight in these Franks. robots, Franks, to protect the adults, effectively. Um, you say it's Franks spelt. With two X's on the end. How else would you spell Franks? <laughs> with one X, obviously. On a Z. Um, Franks is, is, is. And. Yeah, they're, they're sort of. Do you get this feeling they've all the children have all been slightly brainwashed because mm. they're sort of adoration for the adults, and then they. The main character who's sort of you you, you have to uh, pilot these robots in pairs, so there's a bit of a uh, Pacific Rim thing going on there, except really nothing like Pacific it's Rim. Pacific Rim, but not like Pacific Rim, and also like massively like suggestive. Yes. So what <laughs> what happens is that these robots have to be piloted by a boy and a girl, or a, a, stamen, a stamen and, and a, a, whatever the one that's not a stamen is. A, a pi, 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 pistol. Pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> So what happens is that the girls, when they get into the robot, have to sort of get into this pod thing and stick their butts up in the air. It's sort of and like how the... Karen pilots in Code Geass. Yes. And then these handles, like, emerge from their suits that are attached to their butts. And then the boys have to grab them and use them to steer the robot. Um, it's not actually... I mean, it's incredibly stupid the first time you see it, but... It's and not... every subsequent time. But it's like, it's not... That said, it's not actually that much for a fan service show, which is nice. The manga is. Is it? Oh, yeah. Is it based on a manga? I thought it was an original. No, the manga came after, like, okay. it started airing. Yeah, it's an original. But, um, 
basically when when you when they're piloting the Franks, the girls sort of turn into the robots. They sort of morph with the robots, so they have the their faces. And it's not actually really clear how the control systems work. It's very odd. It's like the girl sort of becomes the robot, but yeah. the guy sort of controls it a bit. Yeah. It's not really clear what the guys are actually doing. Like, the, the robots all have the girls' faces sort of in a sort of... It, it, the, the, the robots end up sort of looking like sort of... I don't know how to describe it. They sort of have sort of cartoony versions of their own faces on mm. the front. We should probably not try yeah. and postulate what the science is behind it. One thing I, I do really like the mecha combat. It's all hand-drawn. There's no 3D going on. It's all very fluid and pretty. It's and, good trigger stuff. Yeah. I, I really interrupt from that stuff. But basically, the plot is that the guy, the main character, who's like, oh no, I can't drive a Franks because I'm broken for some reason. And he meets this girl who has horns, whose name is Zero Two. Yeah. And um, and she's like a bit strange. She's or possibly basically, a... she's half monster, yes. half Klaxosaur, which are like the big monster dinosaur things that I don't know they have to fight. Why? Because. When they say, I don't know what the Japanese word is, but it sounds nothing like. No, Klaxosaur. it's not Klaxosaur. I don't know why it's Klaxosaur. So I don't know what where that translation comes from. Anyway, um, and then it turns out that she's like some special person. Anytime anyone tries to ride in a Franks with her, they basically just die. She like sucks their life force. So, out of them. but then she decides that this guy is her darling. Hence the name. And then they get in their Franks, and then the darling is in the Franks, and that's basically the end of the show. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, and there's sort of there's some interest. It does some interesting exploration of the world and exploration of the characters. I would say in general, I've enjoyed it from an from the sort of artistic perspective, but I found it a bit annoying. Yes. Um, I don't really like any of the characters. No, maybe Ichigo. Really, I find her a bit. What about Goro Senpai? Goro is okay. Yeah, I don't think he's a senpai, but no, I can imagine him being a senpai. Um, yeah, a lot of the characters are kind of annoying and their motivations are all a bit unclear and annoying. There was actually one really good episode that showed the backstory of the demon girl. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. And I actually, having sort of really not been sure about that show, the show for a while, I watched the episode and I was like, damn, yeah, that was a really good episode. That definitely dragged me back in. And then it's just sort of gone back to just schlubbing it again. So, um... Basically, it's a bit underwhelming. Yeah. Overall, and man, it continues on. I really wish that episode was like the whole show. Yeah. Or that quality. Anyway. And you can find it on Crunchyroll. You can. Are we going to say that for every single one? You can find it on Crunchyroll or okay. Netflix. There are probably other places you can find these things. Some of them you can probably find dubs on yeah. Funimation now if you're yeah. so inclined. But I mean, I'd say recommended somewhat. It's 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 I. But if you want to trigger, yeah. then I'd probably just go back and we'll, watch something yeah. else. We'll, we'll see how it concludes, I think. I mean, that's going to be... If, yeah. it, if it really picks up at the end, which it might, it might have a fantastic conclusion. Could it do. might be a big reveal. We'll see. Okay. Um, What's next? Fairytale Dragon Cry. Let's not talk about that. It was a fairytale movie in the cinema. Fastest finger first. Oh, so that I actually meant to say I did actually watch the show as well. Oh, Fastest I, Finger First? Yeah. Oh man, a... I was gonna I was gonna breeze through it in a super smooth lightning round. I know, but like I I don't have a lot more to say about the show. But I it's... probably wouldn't say even that much, even if we were talking about it in detail. Basically, it's like a high school version of University Challenge, the anime, except like a sports anime. Except like that. a sports anime, yeah. And, and so it... basically, it has that 
really funny sports anime thing where it's like, why the hell is everyone getting so worked up about, like, school-level, like, quizzes, <laughs> effectively? Why is it so dramatic? But you, you sort of, you think, okay, so this is just going to be a show where they're doing trivia, but it's like, no, they explore all the mechanics. So there's all these, like, standard questions that you have to memorise, <laughs> and there's special, like button pressing the, techniques yeah, buzzer pressing techniques and then there's like special rounds with rules where everyone has to be in oh. teams and there's eliminations and tactics and it's absolutely really stupid it's so silly i really enjoyed the show <laughs> I, actually, I also quite enjoyed it just as like a trivia show because like I, they ask the yeah. questions and you're like oh yeah i know that question about like Roman literature or whatever. The problem is usually they answer the questions so fast. Yeah, because they're like competitive quizzes. I mean, I would have liked a bit more time to actually think about the trivia of some of them, but um, I guess for that you just should watch University Challenge. It's sort of it's one of those things where it didn't really get very far. It just kind of gave you enough to, but to just about where it's starting to get interesting. Oh yeah, and then just sort of stopped. And then I was like, okay, now read the manga. Yeah, there wasn't like a Winter Cup or anything to get like hooked into. Um. But, I mean, ah, and you know what what was really great about that show? It had a fantastic opening. It did. That was... It had a lot of people really enthusiastically pressing buzzers. Ah, it was <laughs> like, it had, it had a, um, a bit of a sort of Grand Rodeo feel to it. <laughs> it wasn't really a Grand Rodeo feel. Well, it was a, it was a different feel. I think it's more of like a Super Beaver feel. But anyway. I don't know Super let's, Beaver. Let's move on from that. You can find it on Crunchyroll. Are there uh, any other great openings that we should have talked about so from far? What we've, from what we've had so far, Ancient Magus Bride first opening yeah, was that pretty good. Yeah, great opening. Um, Akka's got a really good... Is it opening or ending? It's got good music either way. Um, Place Further Than Universe, I really like the ending. I don't so much like yeah. the opening. And it's got a really good insert songs. I found they, they buried the best music in insert they songs. They did like use the insert songs in pretty much every episode. Yeah, which was which good, because is... it was great. <laughs> I, 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 I'm of the opinion that if you're going to have an insert song, you want to like use that at like moments where it really matters. And I felt they just kind of used it all the time. It's like, uh, oh, well. Ballroom Aoyakuso has got good openings, because it's Unison Square Garden. Everyone loves Unison Square Garden. Do you love Unison Square Garden? Um, anyway. Um... Kuchira no Koda has a really good opening, actually. Okay. Well. Which one was that? Children of the Whales. Okay. So. Code um, Geass has a great opening. <laughs> yes, Jibun Wo. Everyone in the cinema was like Jibun Wo, and it was good. Do they actually have that in the, in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Of course. They've got to make that dollar dollar. I suppose. But usually they wouldn't include the openings and endings in the movies. Or in, the, recap, the in recap films, they do often. I think especially if it's an iconic opening yeah. like that. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, Fate Grand Order. Fate Grand Order. We've... we've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't yeah. think we should go back to it. It was a movie that was really weird and to do with the fate universe and overall just really stupid and we both thought it was actually a tv show and it turned out it was a movie yeah and then at the end of it it was basically like play the mobile game (laughs) that's what happened um i think it had some pretty good fight scenes though it was well done i just can't remember much about it Um, speaking of not well done fate apocrypha um was another fate show that came out last year that was a netflix or it's not a Netflix original, it but it's Netflix. on Netflix, I believe, is how that happened. Um, like, it all went up after the fact. Um, and, yeah, I'm not going to say much about this, except um, it bother. started off pretty mediocre, and then it got much, much worse over, over time. Uh, and it was pretty trash. But, randomly, there's, like, a moment of gold in, like, episode 20 or 21 or something, where it has, like, possibly the best fight scene of last year, full stop. It was a um, double-length thing. And you still yeah. watched all of it. I don't know why. Why do you do this to yourself? See, this is the problem is that 
the one of the reasons that I don't watch so many shows is if I watch a show and I think, man, this is a bad show, well, I stop watching usu- it. Usually, if it's like a bad show, I do just stop watching it. But this, like, I don't know, It maybe it just kept giving hints of something good. Or maybe it was like, I want more sort of fatey stuff in my life because it's been a while since I've had some good fate. But then, yeah, it just wasn't good. There's never good fate. Um, fate Zero is actually really good. Yeah. Anyway, um, Gamers Ben. Gamers Ben. Um, you gamers, can find Fate Apocrypha on Netflix. I think we already said that. <laughs> gamers is a a uh, romantic comedy about people who play video games. Um, oh, I did watch the first couple of episodes actually. It was. It's like basically, it's just like there, there's this guy who there, there's this guy, and then there's this girl who's like he, he's this guy who's a complete dweeb, and then this is like the most popular girl in the school who randomly decides that she's in love with him or something like that, and she tries to get him to join the game and the game club that she's in, and then he's like, ha, nah. Because he's like, I don't really want to play I games. I play games on my own, Yes, you know? I, I don't want to play games seriously. I just like playing them for fun. Same. And, um, man, game sucks sucks. Anyway. <laughs> Political. Do you have um, much to say about this? It didn't seem very good. I mean, good really, I like, it was... It, I, I thought it was gonna sort of go to more interesting places. I'm not sure why I thought that. It was really stupid. There were all these really awkward love triangles. There was so much just you. You know the whole thing was like, oh, or I was saying earlier, it's like, oh no, I can explain this is misunderstanding. That just like every roughly thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and it was just sort of infuriating and annoying, and you also like sort your shit out people um i wouldn't recommend it it ended in a very sort of disappointing way and uh then there was this random extra episode where they just talked about the benefits and non-benefits of microtransactions <laughs> the whole uh, episode that was it wow we were like we were expecting a conclusion they just talked about microtransactions for half an hour whilst on a hot springs trip that's actually sounds amazing it was um, awful where could people go if they wanted to subject themselves to gamers ben Nowhere. Hell. <laughs> hell. Hell that is called Crunchyroll. I was going to say a hell brackets crunchyroll.com. Um, um, Garrow, Vanishing Line. So we, as a pair, watched like a previous series of Garrow. Half of, previous, half of it before was, getting fed up a bit. Was it just Garrow had a subtitle? I think it had a subtitle. Was it called Garrow the Beginning or something? <laughs> Am I misremembering that? Um, I don't think it was called Garo that. Garo is like a long-running tokusatsu yeah. sort of special effects Japanese series. where it, Tokusatsu is basically the kind of shows where people dress up in go, silly go costumes. Power Rangers. What he said, except actually Super Sentai. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, but like, it's sort of like a franchise, but all the different series are sort of in different worlds, universes. Like, it's got sort of common themes. The about like themes. these Makai alchemists who are like the guys who fight the forces of darkness who are like de- demons and stuff and you have Garrow who's like the golden knight yes. who like has this big bright gold lion armor I was going to say is a common theme basically a bit some big gold yeah, lion armor basically um and so the one that we watched previously was one that was sort of set in like weird middle agey type yes stuff um and which we didn't really get into this well, we, we got halfway through yeah. it and then we stopped and I was actually told subsequently that that was where it got really good so I've been always meaning to go back and try well, it again, but I haven't. I'll say that after I really enjoyed Garrow Vanishing Line, 
I can maybe believe that, and so maybe I'll go back and watch some more Garrow. But basically, I was like, hmm, maybe some more Garrow could be good. Um, this is set in, like, the modern world, effectively. Uh, and it's got a big musty guy who's the Garrow with the armor and stuff, and it's got a big motorbike, and it's pretty cool. Um, and, like, they've got to fight some demons, but it's really, like, topical and stuff, because the bad guy's, like, basically trying to, like, upload everyone's brains into, like, this big, like, virtual universe type thing and, like, suck their lives away and make them demons and stuff. Um... But really, I was just absolutely blown away by all the animation and the fight scenes and everything in there. It's, like, incredible. Um, like, from episode one through to the end, like, it's just just great. And, like, it's got surprisingly really good, like, deep characters who, like, you're really rooting for. And, like, you want to see what happens with them. Um, good music. Like, everything, like, turned out to be really good, actually. And the pacing's great. Uh, and, yeah, I was really sad that not more people were watching it and talking about it i've again it's been sort of there on my list of things to watch but i just have not that much time to myself to watch anime yeah so usually i can't really watch things unless other people want to watch them and if other people don't want to watch them then i just sit there and cry mm, that's a shame you can watch that on crunchyroll that's also why i end up watching a lot of these really trash shows because yeah. other people want to watch them um Speaking of trash, the next one on the list is Genocidal Organ. So this was one of the, I think, Project Ito, is that what it's called? Project something. It's like a series of movies that was being produced by Production ID, IG, I believe. Um, and everyone was really hyped up about that when they announced it. Um, I've seen this and possibly a couple of other ones from that, and they've all been terrible without exception. And okay. this was just a really bad film about some special opsy type guys and I don't remember too much about it. I was almost falling asleep in the cinema despite the fact it was like a really high octane action movie thing. Cool. So like that says enough about that. The Godzilla anime movie thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a Netflix original. Cool. Um it's like three D C G. Oh god. Yeah. Do we need to say any more? It's got like Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> basically. Um it's it's pretty fun, I guess. There's part two coming out at some point because like they spend the entirety of movie one trying to kill Godzilla. Basically, Godzilla comes, wipes out all life on Earth. Like the human race, what's left of it, jets off into space, right? Like to find a new home because they're like, well, Earth's Godzilla's now. Um, and then they get like really far away, and then like their spaceship starts falling apart. And it's like, oh crap! Well, we can either hope that we can find somewhere, or we can go back to Earth and take the fight to Godzilla and try and live there again. So they do that, and then like there's they're like, oh, there's no Godzilla here. Let's land. It'll be fine. And then Godzilla was there, and then they fought Godzilla for ages, and they killed loads of people, and then they eventually took down Godzilla, and they're like, phew, now we can live again. And and then at the end of the movie, like real big Godzilla comes out from under the ground, and then it turns out they killed like a baby Godzilla. And then like episode, movie two is presumably they can be fight. Big Godzilla. Man, that sounds way more <laughs> intense than I expected. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite quite up my street in terms of the random stuff that I like. Um, Was it good? Not great. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can find that on Netflix. Grand Blue Fantasy. Um, so this is based on a mobile game slash browser game um, from Japan. Yes, um, I've, I've heard of it. but It's a bit of a like generic fantasy universe R-Us type thing. But I actually got into it because um, it's quite light-hearted, it's quite fluffy, some fun action, but really the art style is quite unique. It's got like a sort of blended, like hand-drawn-y type, watercolor-y almost type art style. Um, and I just had it as like a nice sort of, it was sort of easy-going Sunday morning breakfast type show. Um, and I ended up watching all of it, and it was fine. Sort of, you know, 7 out of 10. Cool. 
You can find that. I don't know where you can find that. Right. Um, <laughs> actually, this should be under R, I guess. But um, yes, it should be. Record of Grand Crest War. It's like Grand Crest Senki, maybe. Yes. So in Japanese, it's fine. Be under the G. Boom. Um, this is a currently airing show. So we're in the middle of it mm. um, by A1. They usually knock out like all right shows. Okay shows. They they don't really tend to make anything particularly outstanding, but their animations are always solid and the shows are always sort of very watchable, I tend to find. Um this is have you been watching it? I can't remember. I watched episode one and a half. Okay. Um basically there is the main character I can't remember any of their names. There is the main character who is a guy and he um he's left his his island where he came from, where they were being sort of terrorized by their local lords to come and make a sort of make a name for himself so that he can then eventually go back to his homeland and liberate them. And it's sort of a fantasy universe where everything is about your sort of standing and everyone has a when you sort of have any kind of nobility you get a crest and then as you defeat other people you can absorb their crest and get a bigger crest and that gives you powers and that lets you rule over things and there's lots of kind of politics and battles and it's all also it's always kind of run through a bit too quickly and there's never quite enough detail for anything and it jumps around but it's sort of i i find it quite entertaining it's not great but it's not really bad either and i've seen people saying some quite negative things about it but i think it's it's just all it's just okay but it's not really awful and it does have some good moments. It's also got some bad moments. But it's never really been a very awful show. And I'm quite invested in most of the characters. And there's mages and stuff. And there's, the universe is fairly interesting. I'd call it generally, like, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it was drawing a really fine line for me when I was trying to decide whether or not to drop it. Because I was like, it, there's potential here for it to be good. And, like, it's not too offensively bad but at the same time if it's even if it's just okay maybe then it's not worth my time which is why i basically ended up leaving it but you know each to their own that's on crunchyroll it is on crunchyroll um where are we gundam thunderbolt december sky which we watched together that's a movie um it was a a Gundam. gundam movie there was like there was about there was there's the the good guys and the bad guys and they robots both, and they both had like someone who was there, there was one guy who had like no legs or something and he was a sniper and he was like shooting this other guy and he was like man i'm so angry and then they were both angry at each other and there, there's lots of like fighty space stuff going on yes lots of colors on the screen yeah and basically the one thing that sets it apart which is why everyone was talking about it being so good as a gundam thing is it's got a really funky jazz soundtrack and also, I mean, they, they do this a bit, I think, in other Gundams, but it was more, most, it was more depicting the um, the the guys who are usually the bad guys as sort of more like the good guys. Mm, yes. But I really haven't watched enough Gundam to be able to comment on that. No, I can't I'm, remember which one is which. Yeah, I'm not a Gundam person. You've got like the Empire and the Alliance or something, probably. Who knows? Zaku. I don't know. I don't yeah, know either. Yeah, like this was very much a one-off because loads, loads of people who Gundams. weren't Gundam fans were talking about it and they were like, oh, you should watch this because it's like a good introduction to Gundam and it's got a really good soundtrack. I was like, okay, maybe we should. And it was fine. It was it was okay. I mean, I've watched all of the things, bits of Gundam, people said were really good and I've never really found any of them to be really good. Yeah. I just don't think that's ever going to be something I break into. 
I mean, I watched... The, what was that Gundam movie I watched? It was like Gundam F. had an F in it somewhere. <laughs> and it was... God, it was a complete mess. It was like... It, it was like they'd tried to make... They'd um, started to make a show and then had sort of not decided not to make a show and to make a movie, but had still decided to cram an entire show's plot into a movie. Right. And it just was a complete Sounds plausible. Mess. Anyway... You could probably import that from Japan for lots of money if you wanted to. Probably. Did we just <laughs> illegally download it? I mean, did we um, acquire it? Did we import it from Japan for lots of money? Probably. Yeah, that's how we Sounds got like it. Sounds like us. Um, Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens is a show that just finished. Uh, I haven't actually watched the last one or possibly two episodes of it, which is annoying. But again, it's because my housemates suck. Yeah, that's true. Um, so this is a show um, set in Hakata in japan um where which is a, lot... a district of fukuoka mm, where there's lots of tonkotsu ramen supposedly i did actually when i went to japan i went to fukuoka because i knew a guy who lived there and i went to fukuoka and i was it was a bit disappointing i was like man there's not much here and in my rough guide which is a travel guide thing it said if you're in fukuoka the one thing you have to do is go to this place near the river where there's all these ramen stalls mm. and go there and i was like hmm I was feeling a bit tired. I wasn't really sure what whether I should do it. And it was quite a long way away. So I walked like two miles to get to these ramen stalls. And it basically changed my life. It was so good. I was like just unbelievably blown away. And I got to chat to some cool Japanese people whilst eating these noodles. And the beer that I bought that I was slightly underage for actually buying. But it was fine because they didn't care because I was foreign. Um, so, you know... Um, it's a cool story. Hakata Tonkotsu Ramen has a very important place in the heart. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Um, this show, on the other hand, is about like a bunch of hitmen. Yes. Basically, in this universe, like hiring people to kill people is like really like ubiquitous, and there's loads of like hitmen organizations out there. Um, and like Hakata seems to be a very central place for that, um, as well as ramen. Um, and it's a story. Um, it focuses on a few different characters, I guess, but, like, primary one is, like, a guy who sort of grew up in, like, sort of child military slave labour yes. type camp type thing, um, and has basically come over to try and find his sister or yes. something, um, who basically ends up being killed, um... And so he wants revenge or something. I, like, it's it's weird to sort of describe yeah. the overarching plot of this. I'm not really sure. What, well, I, I wasn't totally sure what the overarching plot was, having not quite finished it. Um, yeah. But it's sort of, because a lot of the plot is sort of, th- th- there's all these things which are then, which you think are going to be going through the whole thing, and then they're actually concluded quite early on. Yeah, the actual final big plot bit doesn't really actually come mm. in until quite late in the show. And um, then, yeah. And then... Sorry, you go. I was going to say that the big secret about the show is it's actually a baseball anime. Yeah. Because you suddenly you, you sort of watch it and you look at the episode titles and then you suddenly realize they're all baseball references mm. and then they suddenly all just start playing baseball all the time. And you're like, this is great. And Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens is in fact the name of a baseball team. Yes. Um, um, but they are still hitmen. Um, basically, it it reminds me a lot of Durarara in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um Partly it's got a big cast of characters who all do different things and they're pretty fun and like they sort of meet up in different interesting ways. Um, partly it's got like funky soundtrack, a bit jazzy, a bit upbeat. Mm. Um, it's got that sort of art style, it's quite colourful um, and there's, you know, quite a lot of action going on. 
Um, and it also has that thing where you're not really sure what the big story point of it is. Yeah. But, like, there's lots of little episodes of fun things going on. And, like, that's enough to drive it, really. Um, and I actually ended up really liking this, yeah. like, quite a lot. Especially towards the end, like, cemented itself as one I've, of the highlights. Having not quite finished it, I do fully intend to finish it. That's just been an availability mm. thing. I've always kind of liked it, but not quite loved it. It's always just been sort of slightly on the edge of... yeah amazingness but um it does have an opening by kashida kirodan and the rocket <laughs> and every, every single episode like the opening would start and be like oh man it's kashida kirodan and the akiboshi rockets to which my girlfriend was like why do you have to say that every time it's and like because it's kashida kirodan and the akiboshi rockets <laughs> it's a great name to it's say. a great name for a band and i also like all of their songs even though they're quite similar they are basically the same song <laughs> but that's fine because that. it's a great song it was like when you're watching um gate gate and um that one with... High School of the Dead? Yes, but I was thinking okay. of the one that's more towards, like, the Grand Crest side of things. I can't remember. Um, I just remember in Gate, the, it had two Kushida Kirodan yeah. and the Akiboshi Rockets openings, and they were basically just, you know, like, you didn't really know which one was which. It didn't matter, it was great. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to finishing the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did really enjoy it. It's... Uh, it was a bit different. I mean, I, I basically I saw the title and I was like, "Well, I'm watching this show." Yeah. Um, I had something else to say about it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Good characters, good animation. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is the main character is a um, transvestite. Yes. Which is slightly strange because it's not like not actually transgender. It's just a guy who's just dressed up, cross dresses, cross dresses like all the time, and it's never explained. It's never Why? explained. He never, like... Because I, I, I thought, okay, well, this is a, a disguise he's going to wear for the first episode. And then, no, he's just just dressed as a girl of the whole thing. Mm. And, I mean, it was quite interesting, but it was... It's fine. It's, I wasn't really sure what to make of it. Yeah. Um, ne- oh, you can watch that on Crunchyroll. Yes, you can. Uh, next up is Hozuki no Reitetsu Season 2. I don't think that has an English name, because if they ever tried to sell that over here, like, that would go horribly wrong. Basically, um, this is, like, a comedy series about, like, the Japanese afterlife, effectively. And it's half, like, really Japanese comedy and, like, heavily referencing lots of weird Japanese pop culture stuff. And half, like, surprisingly educational show about, like, weird Japanese beliefs about the afterlife and different things related to that. Um, But to, like, quickly summarise... there are very few rare moments of actually like laugh out loud, really good comedy, and the rest of it's a bit mediocre. Okay. <laughs> you can find that. I don't think you can find that anywhere. Okay. How to keep a mummy. How to keep a mummy. Mira no Kaikata. It's the Japanese, I believe. Which is like how to keep a mummy, effectively. Cool. <laughs> um, which you haven't seen, which is a shame, because I definitely recommend it. Um, so this is... It's like a sort of nice, heartwarming... Um, feel good anime but also surprisingly like sad at some points uh show about um a guy who it's a really weird world basically it seems to be like the real world like standard modern day japan kid goes to school but like every now and then he seems to have to put up with his dad who's an archaeologist like who's other sides of the world like just sending him back like actual legitimately supernatural really scary stuff um and which he like doesn't really isn't really phased by um and people just seem to accept that that exists so what happens here is he sends back this giant coffin 
um, which has like the tiniest cute like little mummy guy in it who's like alive and he's really cute and like does cute things and and it just sort of goes from there and so there's a cute little mummy who's almost like a little puppy basically but there's also also a dog um and like other like little just in case you thought yeah. there weren't any real cute animals and other other like little cute like critters effectively get introduced so like each of each member of his little f- friendship group has one like as the show progresses so there's like a little oni child thing like a little red wow. devil guy um there's a like little dragon who basically looks like a mini version of dragonite sort of thing <laughs> who's really cool um there's a like bright blue sort of fluffy sheep thing that can move at the speed of sound for some reason um and there's like a little anubis statue who can talk i think Um, yeah i think i i saw this show but i sort of discounted it because i thought it was just really i couldn't really see it having a lot of substance it's a really bizarre premise yeah you don't really understand like why they built a show around it where it's coming from but like it's 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 pretty fun and basically it's just really cute and like heartwarming and fuzzy so if that's your mm. sort of thing, then go for it. It's on Crunchyroll. Everything's on Crunchyroll. Everything's on Crunchyroll. They, they have a bit of a monopoly. I, that's I will not say, like, most of the time, with quite a lot of shows, even if I'm interested in something, if it's not on Crunchyroll, I just can't really be bothered to download... I used to download fan subs and things all the time. It's become a lot harder to find fan subs and downloads for things. So most of the time, if it's not on Crunchyroll, I just tend to not bother. Because mm. I don't have time to hunt down things which and is it's not sad. like you're going to pay for a subscription to like high dive or one of these other subscription services i mean there's a possibility of getting i mean i think with, with netflix and crunchyroll yeah. you can get reasonable coverage these days it's pretty much everything okay um ikimen sengoku. ikimen sengoku i'm not gonna talk about it it's like a series of shorts so like two minute episodes basically um it's like the classic there's a guy from the modern age who gets sent back to Sengoku era Japan, but like, but just makes friends with a bunch of like the generals there, and they just do very silly things. And but like, they've never made a show about Sengoku no, era Japan. I know, right? Um, and they just yeah, it's 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 a comedy. It's very very okay. silly. Um, the the vast majority of the show is there in like silly little chibi style nonsense shenanigans, and then like at the very end of the show, they like show an Ikemen version of one of the random generals or whatever to like appeal to the female audience i guess cool um so that's enough of that in this corner of the world was a movie um that came out into the cinema last year all these movies Uh, uh, it was a good year for anime at the cinema and i yeah i went along to support it because um yeah do that um this was a film that was very sad because it's set um like in hiroshima basically in the second second world war so you can sort of see where it's going um before like it's a bit like a movie You're about going. Pompeii. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or the Titanic. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. Like, good character stuff, very pretty, good music. Um, I don't want to delve too far into it, but if you get a chance to see it, I definitely recommend it. Um, it probably approached silent voice in quality for me, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Junie Tyson. Did you watch Junie yeah, Tyson? Yeah, we both watched this one. Man, that was a complete train wreck, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the... The concept here is sort of a similar to a Fate Stay Night thing. The, um, the subtitle is, I think it's Junie Tyson, The Zodiac War or something. I think, well, it's just... In English. Yeah. Um, basically, there's 12 combatants who are each... They're, they're sort of from various families and they will sort of have 
What's the word? They, they, they sort of some, inherit the yeah. mantle of like a sign of the zodiac. Yes. Basically. So there's sort of you have they, they all have sort of different uh, different skills and different ways they approach things. So you've got the tiger who wants to just kill everyone, and the ox who wants to just kill everyone, and basically just want to just kill everyone. It's not actually well. That it is deep. like a death match, um, <laughs> and they all have to fight each other to the death, and uh, whoever wins gets whatever wish they want granted. And um, basically, this show, and it, I've never seen anything start out. Cause I, I think it started out quite well, and it just went down and down and down and down, and it just kept going. Like, so I don't know. That it started, on, the, on, on the contrary, yeah. I'd say I don't think it started that well. <laughs> it, I, I, I was somewhat intrigued at the beginning, and then it just sort of just kept going kept spiraling really yeah it wasn't it wasn't great it was fine it was like a it was diverting every week you know the, um... Um, and like the thing that sort of kept you in it towards the end at least for me was like you want to figure out what the hell this rat guy's deal was because they've never... all got like abilities or whatever i don't think we ever really found out what the rat yeah, guy's deal yeah but i mean okay, i mean we, it's we, we weird did, we did silly, find out but, but like... it was just it was a stupid explanation <laughs> There's loads of stupid explanations. Well, because because it's a death match, characters die and quite often will just die with very little explanation. Pretty much, it, there's twelve episodes. Every character has effectively an episode devoted to them to explain their backstory. Mm. And you can pretty much guarantee that after their backstory has been explained, they're just going to die <laughs> straight away. Um, the animation just really went to hell in quite a few episodes where they just that it just really wasn't animated that was just terrible sketches everywhere it was all over the place um yeah it was just it was and the the conclusion was really unsatisfying and i was just really just disappointed in myself by the end of it for watching <laughs> yeah it. it's that kind of thing um yeah it wasn't great so it's the bottom line there i think yeah don't don't really watch it at all I would say. I mean, maybe maybe they released it now to ride the wave of like battle royale style like games and stuff that are coming out. Maybe then they get some more, more traction. But no, still, it still wouldn't it's be still, very still, good. Still <laughs> like, they just might get more people watching it. Um, so that's probably enough of that. I don't know where you can watch that. Okay. I think it might be on Netflix now. Um, it was on Crunchyroll. Maybe it's on Netflix. Was it? It was on Crunchyroll. Okay, maybe it's on Crunchyroll it. then. Who knows? Um, Next up is Caddo, the right answer. Yes. Did you watch some of this? I watched a couple of episodes of it. So this was a really weird show. I think we, we've meant we've touched. On I this think before. we've possibly talked about it on the podcast before, um, so I won't go over it too much. But it's basically like entirely uncanny three D CG stuff. Except um, it wasn't at the beginning. It started out being normal two D animation <laughs> in episode and then, zero, and then became three D right at the end of the first episode, and then it just seemed to be three D. I don't. I never really understood why. It's just... It upset me. I don't know how to describe Caddo. It's like this really weird thing where, like, this guy, this being comes from, like, some kind of parallel universe, riding this giant colourful cube, um, and then just slowly over the course of time bestows different gifts upon humanity to, like, bring them closer to, like, true knowledge or something. So there's this something that means that humans don't have to sleep. There's something that means they can, like, I don't know, understand everyone or, like... It's, it's these sorts of, mm. you know, big revelation-type things. Or, or like unlimited energy uh, generation, that sort of stuff, um, and 
but like our interactions with this like otherworldly being are through this uh, diplomat guy called like Shin Shindo Shindo San. Yeah, something like that. Uh, who's Sounds who's like right. the man, <laughs> um, and it's basically a story of their sort of relationship and how, in the end, it turns out that the alien guy is actually quite alien to us. We can't really understand his motivations, and he wants something different. And yeah, who knows? Um, I, yeah, it's quite. It's a very strange show, but I enjoyed it because it's so very different to like everything else. My disappointment with the show mostly just stemmed from the fact it wasn't about, you know, specific stainless steel machining techniques which is pretty much what the first episode was about mm. so yeah that was disappointing to me yeah you can anyway. watch that on uh, Unquenchable I believe you can um, Kakegurui have you seen this? I have watched the first couple of episodes this is on Netflix it is now wow. I, I think I actually possibly even tried watching some of it again on Netflix and then it was still just weird yeah. So weird. It's a very strange show. So it's set in a, a, an elite high school type thing, similar to like Classroom of the Elite. Um, and basically everyone there is obsessed with gambling, effectively. Um, and because the people there are like the sons and daughters of like the wealthiest people in the world, they're like throwing down like serious cash and just like random games after school on like cards or like specific weird games they've made up, um, including like, you know, sort of russian roulette and various other mm. type of stuff um and basically the story is some girl from outside who no one really knows just comes in and upsets the whole status quo and like goes through and like beats the whole student council at their own game and they're like the people who control the school and are like so good at gambling but then she's like i love gambling and i'm gonna and win somehow every time she's and, completely psychotic and she's psychotic yeah she's completely off the rails as is everyone else in that show yeah, to be fair true. um and it's also like there's a lot of sort of fan servicey type stuff, yeah. but it's not of the tone that like it's particularly. It was sort of slightly disturbing. Yeah, it's just bizarrely stuff. like promiscuous imagery. But yeah, that that was the, one of the things for me about that show is that it was just it, the whole thing just seemed slightly disturbing. Yeah, and it was just it. It's I not for the faint of heart. Let's yeah. put it that way. Any of it. Um, but it was a bit of a roller coaster ride, and I sort of enjoyed it again because it's very different. It's quite unique. Should we say don't watch it with your parents? Don't watch it with your parents unless your parents are into that. Cool. Dot dot dot. Okay. Um, Katsugeki Token Rambu. Katsugeki Token Rambu. I also like saying the title. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good title to say. If it had an opening by Kishida Kyoda and the Akaboshi Rockets, you could be like, man. Did you hear that song by Kishida Kirodan from the Akaboshi Rockets from Katsugeki Token Rambu? <laughs> um, it's not, unfortunately, a song by Kishida Kirodan and the Akaboshi Rockets. It does have a pretty good opening. I can't remember who it's by. Um, but basically, Token Rambu, which is like the game mobile slash browser game uh, in Japan that's about like swords, famous swords, but they're actually boys who girls yes. love. Um, so, you know, massive cash in there. Uh, but like there's been a previous anime series and there was another season that finished recently um, which is called Hanamaru Token Rambu or Token Rambu Hanamaru or whatever which is basically just about cute boys doing cute things like in the cute sword place Um, which like I loathe (laughs) with a passion and then there's Katsugeki Token Rambu which is like the super cool action movie version of Token Rambu which is like they're going around fighting and it's really gritty and the animation is incredible because it's biofotable I did I watched. We watched the first episode of this, oh, and really? basically, I thought I watched it, and I thought, "Man, the animation is incredible." 
but I wasn't really sure anything else about it was interesting. Um, so possibly just through virtue of the fight scenes being really good and the animation being incredible and it being very, very pretty, like it actually sort of made me start buying into some of like the characters from that universe and like just sort of getting into it a bit. Um, the whole premise and a lot of the like story-ish, character-ish type stuff is still very silly. Did it make you buy um, into Token Rambu? Well, you can't actually get into it over here unless you like use a VPN or something to pretend you're in. I feel like you looked into this. Japan. Well, like my, my girlfriend plays it. So. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, really pretty, really good action. Like it's only twelve episodes, so check out if you just want like a good action show. I guess. Cool. Um, Kino's journey. Isn't it Kino's journey subtitled something? The English version might have been, because it's not the original Kino's Journey. That's something slightly different, but, like, so obviously it's a related thing. Um, Kino's Journey is basically about um, a character called Kino who rides around on her, like, motorad, which is like a talking motorbike, um, who's her, like, best friend, and having adventures in travelling different countries of the world, which all have, like, different quirks and different laws and stuff that make them very different. Motorad is just the German for motorbike. Is it? Yes. Well, there I you believe. go. In, in the show, it's a talking motorbike. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a very sort of like Western European countryside type show. Um, and yeah, just travels around different countries and they all have like different quirks. So like the first episode is like the the land where murder is legal. And so like that's a thing. And she goes there and there's like a little story about that. And there's like the land that moves, which is like a giant a country that's basically just like a giant tank and it just travels across the the countryside. Um, there's like the country where you're only allowed to stay for like three days or something like that. You know, it's, it's a whole bunch of different okay. things. Um, and that was a really good format for a show I found because like you have the sort of central point of Kino in the, in the motor rad who's <laughs> called Hermes, I believe. Wow. Um, sorry, that's an ice cream van. van. <laughs> um, they're the sort of like the centerpiece that's the constant throughout the show, obviously. Um, but then you're basically just using them as a lens through which to experience all these different like countries. And they're all, yeah, again, nice little vignettes of experiencing li- little different tidbits of different settings where you can get different scenarios playing out. And it's really interesting, like very different things. They're quite creative scenarios. Um, um, well, on the flip side of that, you also get like a bit of like Kino's backstory, which is like surprisingly like dark, and you sort of get into the character a bit. And mm-hmm. nice, it's pretty cool, um, and it's incredibly pretty. Again, this this show. Um, what studio is it? What studio is it? That's a very good question. I don't recall. See, it's interesting. I, I mean, this isn't really related to anything, but I've realised that we tend to talk about the studio a lot, but not mm. so much talk about... And, and often we'll talk about sort of the music composers if they're particularly recognisable ones. We actually very rarely talk about... Um, we never like talk about directors or directors. Or, yeah. Which maybe we should. Maybe but, we should. I mean, the the uh, for us as Westerners who can't necessarily actually read through all of the credits that quickly, um, the studio is a much more visible thing. Yeah, the studio is very visible... And I think it's a good indication of, like, a general quality. Mm. Like, I think maybe if you get really into it and you, like, follow the work of a specific director or whatever, then maybe you can be like, it's by this guy, so I'm definitely going to like it because mm. I like his style or whatever. But I think often that can still be quite, like, neither here nor there in terms of... Yeah, I mean, 
you can watch a show from so if you, if you watch a show from Kyoani, you know it's going to be very pretty, but maybe not that substantial, except for some of the more recent shows. Mm. If you watch a show from A One, you know it's probably going to be Solid. well executed, but not great. So if you, if you watch, watch JC for... Staff, it's probably some awful light novel adaptation. Yeah. So. PA, work, it, it, PA works are good. P- yeah, we, yeah. We, we have favoured studios. And I mean, there are particular, like, characters in the anime world who, like, if their name's attached to something, mm. I'll be like, okay. So if you go, like, Jun is doing this, I'll be like, sure. Yeah. Uh, or you go, like, you know, Gena Robochi or something. It's like, yes, that's, that name's got weight behind it. Um, but, like, no. Yeah. Beyond that, don't really dive into the, the detail of the staff. But if you do think we should talk about directors more, write in and tell us. At that email address that we still don't know. We'll get that so to it, you. So it's probably either stuff Ben and Mike like at gmail dot com. I don't know what else it would be. But it's probably like Ben and Mike forty two at gmail dot com. I don't think it's got silly. numbers in it. Um, no. I'm sure we could find out, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the I description wish. maybe. If you remember. <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> um, okay, you missed out Kekai Sensen and I did. Beyond. I did miss out Kekai Sensen and, and Beyond. You were making fun of me for missing out. Shows. I'm so sorry. It's because you keep like scrolling down through the list and it's like throwing me off. We're actually halfway through. The list? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good work team. Um, so Kekai Sensen and Beyond is uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond is the English title. Yes. Um, so we watched all of, or the, the majority of the first season together. We watched, I, I never finished it I don't think. Yeah I think it's because it like we went off on holidays before it actually finished mm. and then I watched it independently and you didn't. Um, so Blood Blockade Battlefront is basically a world where again like the supernatural is sort of real. Basically like this massive fog cloud came down over New York and like has sort of trapped that off from the rest of the world and it's where just like there's a billion monsters and vampires and demons and random otherworldly stuff living in harmony with humans and it's just like a really funky sort of vibe Mm -hmm. I guess Um, and the show is again it's got that sort of do-da-da-da-esque like colourful loads of random wacky adventures not much overarching stuff um, funky jazz soundtrack type stuff going on my problem with the first series was that it was kind of so all over the place. I mean, not in this... It, it was just sort of exhausting because it just didn't really stop to explain anything or do anything. It was just like, we're doing this, now we're doing that. Yeah, it doesn't also really... Also vampires. Yeah, it doesn't really pause for breath and it doesn't like explaining things too much. It goes really fast. Is the second season similar to that? It's quite similar. Um, I found myself in a position where I didn't remember too much about the first season when I was watching it, but I... Th- I got the feeling afterwards that I enjoyed the second season more. I think it is a bit slower. Like, it's still very fast-paced, and it's still, like, all over the place doing different stuff. But I think it does, you know, give you a bit more time to adjust. And there's more of a through line, I think, in terms of, like, stuff that's actually important to the quote-unquote story. Okay. Um, But really, it's just, like, some really cool characters in some really cool situations and some really bizarre over-the-top nonsense and some cool music. Have Unison Square Garden again? Yes, but it wasn't a great Unison Square Garden. It was sort of like subpar Unison Square Garden. Oh dear. But there you go. Okay. I enjoyed it. Um, Knights and Magic. Did you watch the show? I did. I don't know why you watched the show. For some reason. I don't know why either of us watched the show. This is, um, this is a, it's like the, the 
part of this, the, the, the first part of this show is really stupid and completely irrelevant. It's like novel the anime, ma- right? Vaguely relevant things. Anyway, basically, so there's this guy who's a programmer in the real world, and then he's like... I actually completely forgot yes. that he's from the real world. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's a programmer from the real world. Until you said And then that. Um, he's a really good programmer, and he's like, wow, I'm just going to fix everyone's problems. And I can't remember what happens. He dies or something, or he falls asleep. Anyway, <laughs> and he wakes up as, like, a newborn child in this fantasy world. And um, Stop if you've heard that one before. And then, basically, he just lives out his life as just, like, this genius... And the whole thing about him being from the real world is never mentioned again. It's never brought up. It's pretty much which just is why I literally irrelevant. just completely forgot it. Like um, apart from the fact that he still, for some reason, has retained all of his programming knowledge and his robot knowledge and his robot knowledge because so he's, he's like an otaku. He's, guy. A, he's a massive robot otaku. And in this world, there are these magical robots. I can't remember what they're called. Probably knights. Are they knights? Or they're not called like magic knights. I think like each model has its own name. Anyway, um, so there's these robots, and pretty much the approach this show takes is sort of approaching robots, I suppose from a, a robot otaku point of view, it's like, oh, how can we design the coolest robot? How can we like add new features and engineer different things to make the robots work? And it's sort of less about actually battling the robots and more just trying to sort of win by having engineered the best robot. And the main character, you, he's, he's just this like little kid, and then he applies all of his, except he's a genius for some reason. So he gets put in charge of like the whole country's robot. Development he he, he gets like half their GDP just yeah. to spend on robot development. I have no idea where they get the materials or anything from. It doesn't make any sense when you think about None it, of it in makes terms any of real sense. economics. Um, but yeah, so he just because he has, he has all these concepts from the real world or at least from media he's experienced in the real world so it's like oh, I want to make a robot that's actually can fly yeah. and can do all this cool stuff and has a big sword people are like why would you do that we have all these perfectly good like clunky robots and he's like nah mate that's not what I want so it's the show about sort of engineering superiority of robots and eventually he gets some sort of rivals and there's it's like a robot plot. arms race, basically. There's some other plot, and they have to rescue a princess. But I mean, it was sort of it was fun. It wasn't great, but it was a good distraction. I wouldn't say it's that memorable. No, it's not. It was yeah, it was fun. It was surprisingly diverting. I think. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it and actually ended up watching it, which is more than I thought was going to happen. One thing to notice is it's knights and magic, and the knights has an apostrophe between knight and the S for no reason. Japan. Just no reason at all. <laughs> anyway, um, that's you can really watch all, that on Crunchyroll. That's really all I've got to say about it. I, I liked watching it at the time. I wouldn't if I'd missed out. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely not watch it I again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back and watch it if I'd missed it. But you know. Yeah, but as you say, yeah, surprisingly okay. <laughs> Or love and lies in the English. So this is about a world in which, um, or a Japan in which um, everyone's like life partners are decided for them by science, uh, by the government basically. Like they've got an algorithm that determines like who everyone's perfect matches, mm. um, like to ensure that you know, like the children that are produced are like you know top quality and like you know no one's. Uh, like make sure people are having kids and no one's like sad there's some other reasons probably but basically like as is always the case in a universe where that is the thing like 
the protagonist is basically in love with someone and then he gets matched with someone else sort of thing and then it's like how do they navigate that and it's a bit of a love triangle type thing um and like there's some surprisingly dark little bits um now that i come to think about it i can't really remember what really happened of substance throughout the show like it was just sort of like this is the setup and then everyone's sort of stumbling over each other from there um it was okay Okay. Lightning round. Cool. <laughs> um, Konosuba season two. I think I mentioned this before. Yes. If you've seen Konosuba, it's Konosuba season two. <clears throat> it's really more of the same. It's possibly a bit funnier than Konosuba season one. I'm sure you've seen lots of, I don't know, gifs of it on the internet. It's a popular show. I'm not that big on it, but it's it's okay. The end. Lightning yeah. round. Lightning you round. You can probably watch that on Crunchyroll. Probably can. Um, um, so next up is Kuroko no Basuke Extra Game um, and as I've said previously on the podcast I love myself some Kuroko no Basuke how could there be more Kuroko no Basuke well after like the Winter Cup concludes at the end of season 3 um, however it concludes however it concludes We're I mean I'm not going to spoil that for sure um, basically like a whole bunch of uh, like a, a famous team of like street basketball players from America comes over to Japan and are like, we're going to challenge your best basketball players and we're going to be really racist while we're doing it because we're Americans in an anime and, like, call you all monkeys and be good at basketball and stuff. And then, like, they beat a bunch of the sort of, like, high middle-tier players from Kuroko. <laughs> and then everyone in Japan was like, no, we can't stand for this. They need to stop being racist and say that the Japanese can't play basketball. Let's, like, bring out the big guns. And then they get, like, all the Generation of Miracles together and then they play basketball and then the Generation of Miracles beat them. Which isn't really a spoiler, because, like, as if it was going to end any other way. You just ruined that movie for me. <laughs> you don't really need to watch the movie. <laughs> suspense. suspense. Um, but, yeah, Should I fun. watch the movie? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. Because you did just say you don't need to watch the movie. <laughs> so I'm just checking. Um, cool. I also uh, watched last year, I don't actually know whether it came out last year, but I watched it last year, is uh, Black Butler, or Kuro Shitsuji, uh, Book of the Atlantic, which is a film about one of the arcs of Black Butler, where they're on a boat going over the Atlantic, and some stuff happens. Cool. If you like Black Butler, watch it. If you don't, probably don't. Okay. Love After the Rain, or something something, I made. Koi... Wa something no ame gare gari. That sounds like way more words than Koi wa ame ame gari. Something like that. Anyway, this is like a romancy type thing. Um which like on the face of it, which is the basic premise is like a seventeen year old girl sort of falls in love with her like forty year old boss at a restaurant. Um sounds a bit weird and not great. Uh but is actually um surprisingly good and is more of like a sort of character piece and how that relationship between them helps them both sort of grow and overcome some of their own personal troubles which are explored as part of the show um like he was sort of always wanted to be like an author and he was sort of failed author was like writing his own stuff in his spare time he sort of gave up on that as he became an adult and he got like Mm. a kid um and all this sort of stuff and her like used to be like sort of star of the track team but then she like injured herself um but, like, she could have gone through rehab to sort of, like, get herself back into the sport, but sort of, like, just gave up on that again. And then it's sort of the story of them sort of interlapping and sort of experiencing each other's lives and sort of getting a different lens on their own journey, I guess, and then, like, helping them grow as a person. And it's also got some really nice backdrops and some some nice music. And it's, it's, it's just, like, an interesting feel 
uh, for a show. Um, so like it doesn't actually really get very romancy between the two of them. Yeah. Um, it's just sort of that's sort of set up. Um, it's good. Cool. Quite profound in moments. Would you recommend? Quite silly it? in others. I recommend it if like that doesn't sound really off-putting to you. I guess. Okay. Like there's no robots or action. I love robots and action. What's next, Ben? Well, I just love robots. I mean, the robots don't have to have action. I mean, robot action is nice, but I really just like robots. Yeah, robots are cool. Um, Masamune Kun's Revenge. No, you skip one. Have I? Made in Abyss. Oh, shit. I thought we talked about it. Nah, I was confusing myself. But... It's possible I've talked about this before? I think it's ringing sure. a bell, but um, go for it. I believe it won the grand prize in the Crunchyroll Anime Awards of 2017, um, which surprised me. Partly because I don't think it's on Crunchyroll, at least in our region. Um, but also because it's like a good show, and good shows don't usually win those awards. Um, so Harsh. that's not a really fair thing to say, seeing as I think they've awarded one show that award previously. And I think it was probably Yuri on Ice, which is a good show. but Not gay enough for you. Anyway, um, so Made in Abyss is a really cool show, um, which like on the face of it, particularly like the art style, which looks very light and happy and colourful and there's like little kids with like big heads and it looks quite sort of kiddie, you mm. know, quite childish um, you're like, May- maybe I'll give that a miss sort of thing uh, may- yeah, uh, but then it turns out it's actually really gritty and dark and grim um, it's basically this world where like, there's this town that sort of sprung up on the edge of this giant abyss this giant hole in the ground basically um, and there's like this whole economy of people who sort of go cave diving effectively down this mm. hole, and they find like artifacts and stuff that they sell or can use for like different things. And sometimes you find stuff with like weird abilities or properties. Um, and basically, there's this kid who's the main girl, and her mum's like a super famous cave diver. It's quite a similar sort of thing to like the Antarctic show, where okay. like her mum's gone down there and like sort of got lost and not come back up. And, like, so she's made it her dream to, like, sort of go down to the bottom of this hole and, like, find her mum sort of thing. Um, but ba- So, like, this, the show is basically um, the story of her journey to, like, the bottom of the pit, basically. Um, though she, like, meets a cool, funky robot kid along the way who no one really, like, understands where he's come from. Though he's probably come from the abyss. Cause cool. Abyss. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't want to give too much away. It's really int- it's like a sort of survivally type show. There's some like light-hearted silliness, but it's also, as I say, quite dark in places, most places. I'd definitely give it a watch because I don't think you have. Is it on Netflix? I don't think it is actually sure. available okay. anywhere at the moment, which is well, not great. Oh no, no, I think it's on. It. I think it's on High Dive. I think that might be where it is. Okay, so it's not available anywhere. I <laughs> say. Yeah. What is High Dive? <laughs> it's a new streaming service that came out like last year or something. Because uh, the world needs more paid is, um, subscription services to split up all the anime. What was that one that was had Kuroko no Basuke season three on? Crunchyroll. No, that that they, they had it a week late on Crunchyroll, and they had it on something else first. Down with the D, I think. Daisuke. 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 Is that still a thing? No. Oh. Don't think so. Cool. I'm glad to hear it. Good time. Uh, um, do you want to talk about Masamune Kun's Revenge? Not really. Um, you don't there's, have a, to. there's a show, and then there's a kid. There's like. Basically, there's this fat kid who's friends with this girl, and then this is when they're like, I don't know, seven or something, and then 
he confesses to her, to her and then she rejects him. And then he makes his life work to like humiliate her. So he, he becomes like a male Adonis. He, he changes line. his name and gets really buff and then goes back and meets her at school and is like doing this thing where he's going to make her fall in love with him and then ask him out so then he can brutally reject her. And obviously through doing this, there's like loads of things where he actually realizes sort of partially that possibly maybe she's, maybe the reason she rejected him before wasn't exactly what he thought. And I mean, I I think I'm probably saying more positive about this than I should. It's a really stupid show <laughs> and it's, um, the characters are awful and it's just dumb and yeah. Yeah. I watched the first episode and I was like, nope. It's quite entertaining, but and it is one of those annoying shows where you sort of you sort of half hope that it's going to reach a conclusion and then it sort of looked like it was going to reach a conclusion and it was like no read the manga boys i hate it when shows do that it's one of the reasons why i really don't like watching or why i always prefer watching original anime is cuz usually it will actually reach it can't some just kind point of you to a source material yeah. rather than just sort of saying having a sort of and so our battle continues kind of ending or whatever the situation is. And so our conquest continues in the case of this. Or anti-conquest. Anyway, moving on. Cool. My hero... Can you get that on Crunchyroll? I'm sure you could if you really wanted. <laughs> uh, My Hero Academia, or Boku no Hero Academia. Season 2. Um, so I think I've talked about Season 1 and possibly a bit of Season 2 on the podcast previously. Yes. Um, and most people probably know what this is because it's one of the big ones that's popular in the West because it's like, you know, very Western superhero type style shonen stuff. Um, so there's not that much to say, really, especially because it's season two. It's like more of the same, except I found season two a lot better than season one. Um, I think the pacing was so, so much better because the pacing of season one was awful. Um, it has a very typical shonen arc of like a sort of exam style mm. sports tournament type thing. Um, which is obviously, like, done to hell, but it's still just a really good format for, like, having some interesting battles and some situations going on. Um, so that worked. Um, and there was actually some pretty tense moments and some really good showdowns with some nasty villain folks. Season three is airing now, and I'm yes. still watching it, so... I've sort of... I've been tempted to watch Broken Hero Academia, but I sort of... I don't really have a time or appetite for a kind of shonen-y battle show at the moment. Yeah, and the sad thing is you have to sit through season one before mm. you can get to season two. I feel like it's one of those things where if I was, I don't know, if I was randomly told to go off work for a month or something, it's probably one of those things I just sit and watch. Man, I wish I was randomly told to go off work for a month. But that's not likely to happen. Yeah. So um, as it is, it'll fall behind. Um, Napping Princess. This is another film that was in the cinema last year, which I went along to support, and it was pretty good. Let's carry on. Okay. <laughs> Neo Yokio, which have you watched? I haven't. I wish I had, but I haven't. It's on my list on Netflix. To okay, watch. so Neo Yokio is it's six episodes of it's sort of an original English language anime, so it's got English voice actors. It's a it's a show written by the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, if that means anything to you. I believe there's a popular Jaden band. Smith involved in some form. Jaden Smith is the voice of the main character. Yeah, okay. And the main character also basically is just Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith has a butler, a robot butler, that is voiced by... Uh, what's he called? He was um, completely escaping me. He's got a butler voiced by someone famous and British. And okay. it's got some other random people who appear in it. Um, Richard Ayoade... <laughs> 
isn't it? Voicing oh, wow. some, voicing just assorted characters. Stephen Fry is in it. What? Voicing a, uh, voicing a headmaster at some point, and it's got like it's just, and a, a bunch of the other characters are voiced by sort of people who are famous in the fashion world. Basically, it's set in the city called Neo Yokio, which is sort of where everything is super trendy. And um, everyone is every, everything is decided by your class status. And um, Jaden Smith always has to like he's he's sort of he, he his he, he's an exorcist basically, although it really isn't that relevant. And um, so he's not his family isn't sort of actually from the rich side, but they've sort of come into the rich side of society, and so other people look down on them. And um, basically, he just spends his time sort of moping about how his Dior suit isn't is like there's a whole episode where the plot is that he has this black suit for this black and white ball and then it turns out his suit isn't actually black it's midnight blue <laughs> and then there's a fantastic bit like and then he like he goes to all of this effort to get a black suit and then there's a bit where he's fighting this demon and then they get sucked inside this painting and he's like jumping through the air and the demon's like, ah, I can see you clearly because you're not wearing a black suit. Whereas if you were wearing a midnight blue suit, you'd blend in perfectly. Ah, uh, right. there's so many. It's just utterly stupid. It's really, it's like, it's, it's produced by, um, I think it's Studio Dean and Production IG. Okay. Working in, um, working together. It's one of those things where it was produced and then pretty much shelved. And I think Netflix just bought it and decided to just put it on for man just to get it out there and i really hope there will be a second season because it's so stupid it's really very bad but it's so exceptionally entertaining and like there's a bit where they just go into this they're, they're going around finding all these clubs and they go into this club in this, to this club that's called the greenhouse and it's like oh they actually grow plants here what do they grow and it's like cocaine <laughs> it's like oh okay cool. and it's ah oh. and there's another bit where it's like okay so there, there's a big race, like Formula One race going on. And like, oh, so... And then they're just saying, oh, so the Russians are in this race. And it's like, the Russians, don't you mean the Soviet Union? It's like, no, it's like yeah, the Soviet Union is just real again, for reasons. Cool. Pretty much, it's just... Every... It just throws curveballs at you constantly. There's, everything is unexpected. And it's a very entertaining combination and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt very guilty for doing <laughs> so, but I really did thoroughly enjoy I it. I do really want to watch it. It's on, so, it's on my to watch. I would say, I mean, it's one of those things where it's probably better if you're watching it with other people and also, you know, getting slightly drunk at the same time. Of course. That makes it a really entertaining watch. I don't know if you're watching it by yourself, whether it would be Probably as wouldn't good. be quite as good, would it? No. I mean, it's, you can watch it by yourself slightly drunk. That's fine, too. Cool. Anyway, yeah, I had a great time with that. That's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. It is, yeah. Wait, no, I had it. Damn it, I remember the guy's name. I forgot it again. What's he done? He was, um, you know, the the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He was, uh, is it Mark Watson. Strong? Oh, Watson, Jude Law. Jude Law. It's Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law's, Law's a robot butler. butler. Okay, yes. good. It's great. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next up is Net Juno Susume. Or Recommendation of the Virtual Life. Or Recovery of an MMO Junkie. 
I believe is the Crunchyroll title. Yes, which really is just the opposite of the It doesn't mean Japanese the title, title at all. No. Um, so this was a another kind of romantic comedy thing about a um, basically this girl who has a real job and lives in the real world and then it's like, nah, don't do this anymore and just decides to quit her job and play MMOs all day. And then... Um, Live in the dream. Lives her dream and sort of uh, meets this guy online. Well, she, she, she plays a guy online mm. and she meets this other character online and they go on really well and they go and have MMO adventures. And then meanwhile bumps into this guy in the real world quite literally yeah. and injures herself and then she like takes her to the hospital and then it turns out that the guy is actually the girl, on, the girl in online. the online game and there's loads of stuff like going back and forth and it's like oh are they going to find out is he going to reveal it and then they sort of there's some love things going on and it's all a bit strange but it's um it it's, was it's cute it's funny it's it was, light yeah it it was very sweet um it sort of it towards the end of it it was a bit dr- too drawn out a bit too sort of back and forth you just wanted there's to really kind weird, of get on with it there's a really weird bit where they reveal that like not only are they these people who've met in real life and like knew each other in the game but they also used to know each other in a different MMO yeah which I was, that that was bizarre <laughs> it was kind of a necessary yeah. and a bit sort of too it made everything just feel a bit yeah uh, unlikely yeah. But the way that it presented MMO things was actually very entertaining mm. and quite realistic in many ways. And um, just really, it was it was a fun time. Yeah. So yeah. it was good. It was it was another one of these things where it was surprised. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah. By we, how good of, it was. we started watching it and I'm like, wow, this is actually a great show, and we're really looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, great show. Um. Crunchyroll? Yes, it's on Crunchyroll. Uh, next is uh, Osake wa Fufu ni Natekara, which I think, like, roughly, the premise is like, drinking alcohol makes my wife, like, cute oh, and silly. I have watched this show. Have you? Okay. Love is like a cocktail. Love is, is like a cocktail, that's the English name, yeah. Um, basically, it's forgot that was a, a series of shorts, it's like three minute episodes or something, <coughs> where, like, there's a girl who works like seven minutes or something. I don't think so. I can't remember. I think they're very short. There's a girl who works an office job and like every day she comes home and she's tired and fed up and like her husband, who seems to be like the best house husband in the world, <coughs> um, like just makes her a cocktail and whenever she drinks alcohol she gets like really like cutesy and chibi and mm. and, and silly. Um and like you get a recipe for a cocktail every week and the cocktails it's a really always, bizarre show. <laughs> the cocktails always contain a disappointing amount of alcohol or no alcohol. Yeah, they're like, very frequently non-alcoholic. If you mix lemon juice with pineapple juice, yeah. you get slightly lemony pineapple juice. And there was a silly, like, lemon mascot character. And sometimes he rides a motorbike. And he rides a motorbike. He's like, don't, don't let me down. And that's that show. So if that sounds good, you can check that out on Crunchyroll, possibly. Yeah, I'd completely... It's these little shows that I forgot existed. Yeah, it's, um, it's nice to watch like a short thing every now and then. Um, I've got two on this list that I'm going to combine and also not really talk about, which is Our Love is Always 10 Centimeters Apart and The Moment You Fall in Love, which are two more of the Honeyworks um, anime movie project things. Okay. Um, I like Honeyworks. 
I think I've talked about these previously on here. Like Honeyworks is like a sort of I think it's ringing a bell. Vocaloid turned like just general composer-y type person. Known for their work producer. with Chico. Known for their work with Chico and also other people. Um, so basically, it's just like a sort of shoujo-y type like rom-com series of films with the same like cast of characters, but like from different the perspective of different characters and like looking at different couples and stuff. Um, and they're quite standard stories. There's nothing to blow you away really with like how they progress or anything. But basically, the music's just great, which is like what I go there for. Um, and it's yeah, it can be quite warm and fuzzy. Cool. They're on Crunchyroll. I think there's like four of them now. Cool. Um, next up though, which is something that is really good and like I want to talk about, and I don't think you've seen any of. No. Is Princess Principal. I don't think I even heard of it. It's because it's on high dive. <laughs> Again, um, um, so how much does a subscription to High Dive? Probably cost? too much. I'd like, I don't know. Do you actually watch? Do you, do you have? A I don't have a High Dive okay. subscription. No. That was what I was concerned about. Don't be silly. Um, so Princess Principal is a show set in steampunk Victorian England, everyone's oh. favorite anime setting, um, and it's about like. Uh, sort of England being in a sort of like Cold War with like some other country, possibly Germany. I can't remember how explicit or real it is. Um, And there's basically this crack team of like sort of assassins slash spies um, who are all like badass girls basically. And like they get assigned basically to um, get close to and cause to defect but later on taught to assassinate this princess the titular princess um and so like they basically go undercover in like this all girls school thing um where they like have fun girly times together but like very little of it's actually set in the school like it's basically the show is them off doing like crazy exciting spy missions and like doing all sorts of different stuff and there's like a girl who's basically uh, a transfer student in quotes uh from japan who's basically a ninja and like kills lots of stuff with sword and is, is pretty badass there's like a main girl who they have there's this weird like steampunky thing where they've got this device that lets them float and like do funky martial arts stuff which is cool um there's lots of cool shootouts um one of the best things about the show though is that the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal and the opening and the ending are great as well and like i just don't know how to describe how great that is um and i think you should check it out this is the bottom line okay. everyone but also you ben i need a subscription to, to high, high dive, dive yeah it might come on Netflix at some point, possibly. Like, Actually, it might already be there. That's worth I'll, a look. I can only hope, because high dive. Yeah, it's worth a look. But yeah, no, that's a great show. Okay. Um, show again, Roku Rakugo Shinju Sukuroku Futabi Hen. Well, that's a good memory. Yeah. That Rakugo show, season two. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I think we've touched on this before. Yes. It was the second season of that Rakugo show, yes. which you can probably listen to on a previous podcast. Yes. Um, it's good. It probably wasn't quite as good as the first half. Um, yes. I still really enjoyed it. It explored the characters in a different way. It sort of gave a bit more backstory. Actually, I suppose the, the backstory was mostly in the first series. Yeah, this so... Was more, this was less about the backstory and more about the continuation the actual of the story. story. Yeah, so this focuses more on like the new generation, effectively, mm. of Rakugo people. Rather than the previous old hats. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. 
I don't really know what else to say, to be honest. Like, it was good. But yeah, I don't think it was as good as season one. I think Crunchyroll praised it quite highly in the yeah, anime awards. They did. Um, I, I just, I just wasn't into those characters as much as I was yeah, the previous there generation. There wasn't as much Rakugo in it, which that too, possibly yeah. was a was a disappointment. And um, I did okay. That the, the sort of there's a point here, which is that there was the last episode, or what? what there's what I would consider to be the conclusion episode, and then there was the last episode. And what I would consider to be the concluding episode, I felt concluded the, the show in a really nice way. I really enjoyed that. And I was like, man, you know what? That was a great show. And then there was this sort of extra episode, which was sort of tied up some ends and showed how all of the characters were getting on in the future. And I didn't like that episode at all. I felt it was unnecessary. And it also made revealed some sort of slightly uncomfortable truths about things. And so I just, in my head, I just sort of ignore that episode as not existing. I um, often feel that way about such endings. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you if if I tell you to watch all of it and then not watch the last episode, you'll probably still watch the last episode when you get to the end. Yeah. But, you know, you may regret it. So And then you'll be like, man, Ben totally told me not to do this and I didn't listen. But really, you could probably just watch season one and then stop. Mm, I think it's worth watching the continuation i think that it was still great and i still really enjoyed it it just didn't rise to heights quite as high as yeah, the first season that's fair you can watch that on crunchyroll yes uh recreators continuing the trend of shows that are re at the beginning of the name including re zero and re re life and uh re re Re, no way that was the name. Re Re's a song. That was a song from Asian Kung Fu Generation from Erased. Yeah. They really like putting Re in front of things. They do. Um, so... Asian Kung Fu Generation have multiple songs with Re at the beginning. <coughs> That's well, just a bit of a tangent just... there. Um, so Recreators is yes. a show where basically the sort of boundaries between the real world and like the worlds of created media like games and like novels and well, actually, exclusively games and light novels and anime. Yeah. Things from, you know, real life, from live-action movies just seem to not matter. Yeah. Basically, stuff from anime and games and stuff comes to life in the real world, effectively. Um, it's Well, when you say stuff, it's mostly just the characters from yes. those and then some of their associated yes. bits. Characters come <clears> through because <throat> uh, they're brought through by this rogue creation... Um, who's also like a fictional character uh, who's like trying to destroy the world for some reason. Yes. Um, and basically like sort of rough alliances form between like the good guys who are like the humans and then some of the creations who side with them and the bad guys who is this evil person and then the people that she's managed to persuade to be on her side. And yeah, it, it sort of explores the way that these things interact and there's sort of the way that the creators treat their creations, which obviously they never actually expected to come to life. And sort of the way that them writing things or changing the way that they created the the way that they treat their characters and their media that they create can sort of actually now change the characters that are in the world and make them stronger or make them weaker or mm. whatever. And quite a lot of the characters are actually really cool. Yeah. And I think that's generally the problem that I've had. I you finished this show. Yes. I've got to 
about three quarters of the way through it. All right. <clears throat> and generally, the problem I have is that I'm watching it and going, wow, you know what'd be great is a show with like just some of these individual characters in, rather than having them all sort of smushed together and not really getting much um, of any of them. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I would probably watch like some of the actual source material mm. where those characters came from or whatever. Or well, maybe it's it's not so. But, maybe it's just a disappointment that I can't watch some of that source material. I, I yeah, I have a bit of that, but I also really like the show. I liked mm. it a lot more than I was sort of expecting to, to be honest, because it has that sort of light novelly vibe itself, I guess. And the protagonist is a moron, like hands My, down. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, like, the way those characters from the different worlds interacted was, like, really cool. As you say, there were some really cool character designs mm. there, which was just great, and seeing those fight and play off against each yeah. other. Um, seeing, like, a magical girl come through and, like, just absolutely wreck stuff with her yes. powers, which obviously, are like, would be super overpowered in, but in that, real life. What was quite interesting is that they sort of have these characters who are obviously sort of from different universes, but they, and they sort of have tried to make them with different styles, but they haven't made it so they actually clash. Mm. They all look like they're from sort of similar. They 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 visually they sort of right. they work together. But my biggest problem with the show is that I would describe it as being about thirty percent really interesting, and then about seventy percent incredibly dull. Basically, there is mm. this one character who is a librarian girl, and whenever she talks. By God, does she talk? She talks for so long. The, the show has a really bad pacing problem where it's like, let's have a really cool fight. Okay, and now let's have the exposition dump where this one character says everything that's going on for like a whole episode. But that, there was there was an episode where they were in the second half. They sort of they have to they have this massive plan that they're going to put into place to fight this the bad girl person, and they explain what this whole plan is, and you're like, okay, I know what this plan is. And then they get all of these other people together to explain to them what the plan is. And then they explain to them the plan for like 10 minutes. It's like, we already know this. We don't need to actually sit here and watch this stupid presentation. We could be doing anything else right now. Please stop talking. And God, they just never stop talking. I thought that things like um, Fate Stay Night were just had endless talking. But this really takes the cake in terms of endless talking. It does have a good talking cake. <clears throat> but when stuff happens and when the action scenes happen, it's so good. It's got a kick and Sawano soundtrack it as does well have, to back it up. It's got Najik openings. <laughs> um, yeah. Najik is like the imprint of Sawano Hiroyuki, who's a I think we've talked about music this composer. Anyway, well, you know, people might not listen to the other episodes. <laughs> no excuses for that, apart from the fact they're not online anywhere. Anymore. I would like to. I'm. I'm I'd like to finish it. Um, I, think I, I do intend to finish it, but it's just. Again, the things with availability and the people I'm watching it with. But it's... Yeah. When they talk, they just talk so much. Go yeah, on. you should finish it. You should finish it. Okay. And I recommend it to people who like sort of action-y stuff. And, and then maybe just fast forward when the librarian girl, when stuff Meteora happens. is talking. Yeah. Um, cool. You might be on Netflix now. Not sure. Um, it's definitely... No, no, it's not. It's not on, Crunchy. It's not on Crunchyroll. I don't know what it's on, actually. Was it on... Funimation or something? Maybe High Dive, who knows? I don't know. I, I had to acquire it from somewhere in order to watch it. Um, the next one I've got on the list is um, Relife, like the sort of final OVAs. So Relife was a series that oddly came out in a big dump 
like almost Netflix style on Crunchyroll, mm. like I think two years ago now, um, which was a story about a guy who like got into the world of work, like a 20 something or whatever. And like everything sort of went pretty badly. And like, he ended up sort of quitting his job and he became a bit of a loser and like a not functioning member of society. And then he was basically offered this chance to have a real life, um, where basically you get, you take a pill and it like basically reduces you to like a younger self physically. And then you get to go back into high school and sort of have those experiences and like help you grow as a person, etc. Um, and that ended up being a really good show, and I really liked it. Um, and then, basically, a little while ago, they released these final OVAs, which actually sort of put an actual climax on it, which made me very happy, because we got a wrap-up, and it was it was warm and fuzzy. And, it made and you me... so rarely do get a wrap-up on these kinds yeah. of shows. It's yeah. just like, ah, and then he had some more hijinks yeah. at the end. Read the manga. Um, but yeah, this was good. I liked it. Cool. Um, obviously, not for people who haven't actually <clears throat> seen the original series, but I recommend that. So... Nice. Check it out. Crunchyroll. Um, restaurant to another world. So this is what one I was really upset. Uh, Isekai Shokudo is the Japanese yes. name. Really upset that you hadn't watched because when I thought back, I think this is actually my contender for anime of the year last year. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, so this is a show about a restaurant, right? Um, that's like in Japan. It's just like a sort of Japanese restaurant type place. And it's run by a cool owner guy, chef. Um, but... Uh, every week on like Saturday or Sunday or something at a certain time basically the door opens or doors open in all sorts of places in like this parallel universe which is like a sort of fantasy kingdom type place Um, and basically like people from this other world can come in and have food and every episode is basically meeting a different character it's usually split in half so you might Mm. see two characters um coming in discovering the restaurant for for the first time being like what the hell is this i don't understand and then like being recommended a dish off the menu and it's like a different dish every time and it's like what is this omu rice you talk about or like all this sort of stuff and then like basically it's just food porn um cool as a show and it's great it's very pretty and it's very funny like the comedy is actually good it's like you know other world clashing with like our normal everyday stuff in a in a well-done way um and yeah I, i like food and i like the show Okay. Um, there is, that's actually just reminded me of another show, which is sort of, sort of ongoing at the moment. There's like an episode every month or something like that. Um, which is, oh, is it Emir co- cooking with the Emir family? Or today's like... menu for the yeah. Emir family, which is yet another Fate Stay Night sp- spin-off, just in case there weren't enough. Um, which is about the main character, Emir, just like cooking dishes. And it's it's very short. It doesn't come out that often. It's quite entertaining. I watched episode one. And I was like, this is no restaurant to another world. He cooks stuff. Yeah. Um, it's okay. We're probably still going to watch more of it. Watch my, restaurant to another world. My housemate Seth gets very upset whenever we watch it. He leaves the room. He doesn't like it very much for some reason. I don't know why not. Oh, well. His loss. Uh, Saga of Tanya the Evil. Yeah, that's the English name. The Japanese name is like Yoso Senki or something. It's like Fairy of the Battlefield or something. Mm. Um, that sounds like a way more interesting title. Yeah. Of a show that might I might watch. So this is a weird show. Um, or rather the premise is really odd. So basically, similarly to Knights and Magic, it's like a sort of isekai thing that you get the setup at the start and then it doesn't really matter so much. Basically, there's this guy 
who just seems to be like a bit of an asshole in real life. He mm. works for, I don't know, like some insurance company or something. He's somewhere higher up. And like the first scene is like you see him like firing a guy for some reason. And he's like being merciless. He's like, oh, you know, you've got to understand how to get by in the world of business. You know, you've got to be ruthless. You've got to look out for yourself and all that sort of stuff. And he basically gets pushed in front of a train uh, by the guy he fired, I think. Nice. Um, and basically just as he's about to get hit by a train, like this sort of godly voice or whatever speaks out to him. And he's like, oh, you know, you should repent all your bad ways and like admit that you believe in God and, like, follow me or whatever, and then I'll give you a chance for, like, another life and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then it's just like, nah. <laughs> like, I know I know you're talking to me right now, but I still refuse to exi- believe that, like, God exists and, like, you know, I still believe that the way that I've been doing things is right. Um, and then the God character's like, oh, well, I'm going to throw you into this situation and it's going to be, like, hell and, like, it's going to make you realise that, you know, you really should turn towards God and, like, believe in me and all mm. this sort of stuff. Um, and so basically he gets sent to, like, a sort of parallel universe, sort of World War II-ish type scenario. But there's also magic. Um, I'm just sort of feeling there that it's like, well, maybe you should just let him die. Wouldn't that be, like, just worse? I don't know. Yeah, it's, as I say, the setup's really odd, and it doesn't really... <clears throat> to be honest, the show could have just happened without that. Yeah. To be honest. Um, I mean, it it maybe adds a bit to the sort of character growth arc of it, but, like, really, that was a lot of time that I just spent expl- explaining that premise, but it doesn't make much odds on the show, okay. which is, like, yeah, this alternate universe, like, World War Two thing... Um, where there's also magic. So, like, the soldiers go flying around and they shoot, like, magic out of the guns rather than, like, standard guns, as well as standard guns. Um, and basically, yeah, so similarly to Knights of Magic, she, like, he actually gets reborn as, as, as a girl um, and basically grows up to become a soldier and, like, his plan, uh, his internal monologue, is to, like, basically become really good and, like, rise through the ranks, be a general, like, sit out the war from, like, the back seat sort of thing, you know, yeah. uh, not get involved. But then basically ends up being, like, too smart and a genius and, like, a tactical, like, legend um, and, like, does everything right. Um, and so, like, keeps getting sent in, like, has to form his own, like, special squad and, like, goes on all these special missions and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and... Like, the action's really cool, there's some good good strategy there, and, like, it's really funny just how brutally, like, merciless he slash she is as a character. Because mm. um, it's the protagonist, but as is in the title, like, it's Tanya the evil, and she just sort of, like, cackles at how much... Like, an anti-hero. Just... Yeah, an anti-hero, exactly. But there's also this sort of growth arc where she sort of gro- develops a fondness for, like, the people under her command and, like starts caring more about the sort of situation of the world rather than just like trying to save herself and like go to the back ranks sort of thing um and yeah it's really good and i want more of it i mean i i think um other people i know watched it but then they all watched it without me so that was a very nice bastards yeah so yeah it's on my radar but um i haven't watched it myself yet Uh, i think they have announced that there's going to be more as well so that's that's great looking forward to it uh sakura quest PA works. PA works. PA works show. Um, character designs very similar to Shurabako. Shurabako, like to the point where the main character is sort of almost like a palette yeah. swap, except with pink hair instead of blonde yeah. hair. Um, and generally not as good as Shurabako, but still quite interesting. Um, Plot wise, you've got a girl who is sort of living in Tokyo having sort of moved there from the countryside, trying to make her name as a sort of... Actress. Actress, model, person, 
um, gets called to this sort of town out in the sticks to be the queen and be sort of representative for them for a year um, arrives and it turns out case case of mistaken identity she's mm. not actually the person they thought they were they were after some idle person who'd actually died yeah. <laughs> years before um, and she, she stays on nonetheless and sort of works with the tourism board they basically have this yeah. um, program to try and revitalize this sort of town out in the sticks with tourism they're, they're trying to attract people to come and visit and like stimulate the economy and like put them back, sort of themselves back on the map, sort of thing. Um, but all previous attempts have failed effectively because um, it's just a random town out in the in the Japanese countryside. Um, but yeah, this this city girl comes in and like initially, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess, and she doesn't really want to stick around, but she's sort of contractually bound to do so, mm. um, and so ends up sort of throwing herself at it and acquiring a crack team. Yes, people to help of her cute out. Cute girls of, of cute girls who aren't like really girls; they're like actual okay. adult. Yes, women. I mean that. that, that <laughs> that's another thing is it's they're sort of they are basically well, with the exception I think one of them is still one at of them school, is at school, but they're basically still just actually working young adults, yeah. which I always find more interesting in these kinds of situations. We can relate to those now, <clears throat> which does also make <laughs> again make it sort of more similar to Shirabako. Yes, but um, it's again, it's not as good as Shirabako, but then again, Shirabako is one of my favourite shows. It's hard ever, to beat Shirabako. So, um, but it was it was well animated. It was quite interesting the way it sort of there was a lot of sort of taking approaches and trying things and not quite working. And there's this one random character called Sandal-san, who um, I was going to talk about Sandal-san. He's just this Western guy, and he I don't know if he, I assume he's actually voiced by a Western guy because there's this really strange accent. <laughs> but there's this bit uh, quite early on where the main girl is like, "No, I don't want to stay here. I'm going to leave." And she gets on the bus, and then there's just this guy at the back of the, the bus is empty apart from just this one guy who sits at the back. I think he's playing a ukulele or something. Yeah. And then the girl's just like, nope, 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 and gets straight back <laughs> off the bus again. <laughs> it's um, And there's lots of sort of very funny moments like that. Um, there's some great comedy in there. Yeah. Some great fun characters. And the, the characters do... The, the, there's a bit where it sort of... <clears throat> it settles into a bit of a sequence where it's saying, okay, now we're going to develop this character for two episodes, then this character mm. for two episodes. And it sort of plods on a bit like that for a while. And I felt like it was more... Just, that could have been better integrated. They could have yeah. done it all at the same time. Um, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed the show. It had some pretty good music. It's very pretty. Great music. Got some No Name in there. Yeah. Some Ron, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, um, I think the first ending was really good. Yeah. The first ending is probably the best bit. Yeah. Um, not that the rest of the show was bad, but I mean... It was so yeah, not best bit of the show. I mean, the best bit of music. Um. <laughs> Yeah, um, so that that was that was that, and I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but it, it was one of those things where I sort of had to compare it to Shirabako in my head, and it wasn't. Yeah, as good. that's that's the sad thing. But I would say it was better than Nagi no Asakara. So there's that. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sanrio Danchi. Yeah. Sanrio Boys. This is a shameless like promotion tie-in for like Sanrio merchandise i.e. Hello Kitty and Pom Pom Purin and My Melody and all these folks it's yeah it's a show about some boys in high school who are inexplicably like Sanrio and everyone makes fun of them for it but then it turns out that's okay because you should be who you are or something and also buy Sanrio merchandise um just pouring some water uh 
so that's probably enough about that really it's not very good <laughs> it's a bit of fun i guess it's very very silly as you might expect um so that brings us to like my other candidate for best anime of the year uh which is shingeki no Bahamut virgin soul so i think i may have talked about this slightly before but I think we've talked about the original Shingeki no Bahamut. Which we did watch together. Which, which we watched together. A, randomly a great show. It was like based on a... Based on a mobile game. Mo- mobile card game, and it was just by Mappa? Is this by Mappa? Mappa, yes. And it was just randomly fantastic. I mean, it sort of slightly fell apart a bit towards the end, yeah. but it was randomly fantastic. So. Yeah, it was randomly fantastic, but it fell apart towards the end. a great first episode. That's- one of the best first episodes of all time had some great like protagonists mm. um great moments uh and yeah that was cool virgin soul somehow goes way further above and beyond is just genuinely phenomenal in pretty much every way is it a continuation is it related? it is yes cool um it is a sequel the protagonist is a new character like so it's from a different perspective but all the old characters return um and it's the world that. continuing um i don't really know how much to talk about the story because obviously people don't nece- haven't necessarily seen well, the there's first angels one. and demons there's angels and demons they they exist and they interact with the world in certain ways um and there's humans and in this instance there's a new king of the humans charios the 13th or something and he's like the humans are amazing and we're gonna like enslave both the demons and the angels and be the best and then the angels and the demons are like, no, no, that's cool. me, that's not going to happen. Um, and he's a bit of a bit of a jerk. But um, and the main girl is a girl who can like turn into a dragon, so that's something that happens. Um, but like Favaro and uh, Favaro, other guy make a return as well. Um, so that's good. Does it have an opening by Sim? It does have an opening by Sim. Sadly, it's not as good as the first opening by Sim, but I mean, what, 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 what was going to be, really? The, the, the first, the opening to the first Shingeki no Bahamut was this ridiculous screamo song. Yeah. And it was, except it had this one great bit in the middle that was pretty good. People always say black or white, but the, the world, world is so, so quiet. <laughs> I actually own that on CD. Thanks, Mike. No worries. <laughs> It took ages for that song to come out as well. It really did. It was like I just si- and I just happened to be in Japan on the week that it finally came it out. It was like six months after the show finished that the <laughs> the song actually came out on CD. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much about it because it will spoil it a bit. But like, if, if we thought the first season was good, which we did, yeah, like this season, whereas the first season was like entertaining and silly, kind of good for mm. the most part. This is like. Still that, but also like actually really good with some great plot and characters and stuff. Have um, you rewatched the first season? No. Are you tempted to do so now? Potentially. Okay. Especially because yeah, I, have, I can't really remember how it ended. But do like... you think it would be good to rewatch the first season before watching the second? So yeah, as really as someone who couldn't really remember much about the first season going into the second, I didn't need it. At some point, I felt like I'm I might have wanted to know just to be sure of a couple of details, but. As I say, it's not super important, and like the ca- the protagonist is like completely new, and like the main story arc is like pretty fresh. I mean, I think the first season wrapped itself up fairly nicely, yeah. in my vague memory. Yeah, it was like, um, the whole thing was like, Bahamut's been trapped. Oh no, Bahamut's awake and he's going to kill us all, and then they sort of fight Bahamut, and then they trap him again. That's also thing. pretty much the part of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Um, funny that. Uh, and so Bahamut's trapped at the beginning of this this season as well. 
cool. There's still a bit of, oh no, that helmet might become untrapped, but that's not a big deal, really. Okay. Um, so yeah, watch it, because it's amazing. Um, I will watch it, I think. Cool. That's my plan. Shingeki, a different Shingeki. Shingeki no Kyojin, season two. Attack on Titan, season two. Yeah. You didn't watch this? I didn't. Um, I saw a... I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't really have much of a finger on the hype machine these days. <laughs> Um, particularly not in anime. I don't really go on Twitter or anything like that. So really it's just you, I guess. Yeah, I'm um, the hype machine. But I'm not sure that I really felt much of like a really big... Given how popular the first season was, there didn't seem to be as much of a buzz as I'd expect for the there second season. There was hardly season. any noise, and the pretty much universal opinion is that they... Because they just left it so long. Like, they had the hype, and they had the mm. moment where everyone in the world was on the Attack on Triton train. And then it was like, we're burnt out from working like 140 hour days uh, trying to animate this nonsense. So we're going to wait for a while before doing season two. Wasn't Cabinary of the Iron Fortress like the Attack on Titan train? Because yes. it had a train. In its <laughs> it had a train, yeah, well done. You see. It's a bad show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they did it and yeah, it was okay. Um, so I mean, as someone who'd already read the manga and knew what was going to happen, like, I already knew that that season and probably sort of any subsequent seasons really weren't going to have the same level of excitement and like crazy twists and stuff as the mm. first season did, which is what sort of got everyone so excited. Um, so I was sort of like, yeah, this is solid. This is pretty much what I'd have expected. They did a couple of weird things with like the storyline. So like they did a couple of big reveals that you li- that you only literally recently found out in the manga, like a few yeah. hundred like chapters in. They like just went, okay, let's just tell everyone that now, um, which was interesting as an approach. Um, but yeah, I think just the way they've timed it, I think they've, they lost the hype and as a result, people aren't really caring as much. Interesting. But so do do you think that it was, was it a good, was it worth watching? Um, I think if you are a fan of Attack on Titan, I think, yeah, there's no reason not to carry on really. Okay. I'm I mean, not, I'm not a fan of Attack on Titan, so I'm <laughs> yeah. probably safe there. You're probably okay. I think, yeah, the issue that everyone has, especially after you had to wait so long, is that the first season, at least in the public consciousness, was really good and really exciting and something new and fresh. And it sort of wraps up, like, obviously you don't get an actual conclusion Mm. for the world, but, like, that sort of arc ties itself up in a nice bow. And so you could just stop there. Yeah. Especially if you know that the story, like, just drags on and... If you have heard about people who read the manga, like it goes some weird places and it gets a bit boring and political and silly. Mm. Um, so maybe in that case, you don't want to subject yourself to more of the story, which is fair enough, you know? Okay. Um, I think we're going to need to actually lightning through a couple here. So, so I already did the next the one. Um, so Royal Tutor. Royal lightning. Tutor, lightning round. This is a comedy show about a little tutor teacher man who gets hired to, like, tutor... And just sort of life coach some stuck-up princes in a sort of like pseudo-Austria-type country. Um, and it's quite funny. Cool. Next. Um, Thunderbolt fantasy movie, The Sword of Life and Death. So this isn't technically anime. I think we <laughs> talked about this before. I think I might have made a nod to it in like my favourite anime section. Because like it's the it's the crossover between Gen Robochi and like Taiwanese puppetry, like sponsored by Good Smile for some reason. Um it's a very silly puppet show, full stop. And this was the movie of it. And this was a movie, which was even sillier than the series. 
cool. There's more of that coming. I'm excited. Um, Next. Suradere Children. Suradere Children is uh, a short series. Again, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe six minute episodes or something like that. It's like a romantic comedy. Comedy. I think it's based on like a four panel manga type thing, as such things often are. Yes. But it's got a great cast of very different, very silly characters, some amazing couples, and like just some genuinely funny moments, like quite frequently. Um, and I'd recommend it as like a short thing. Nice. If you like comedy. Vatican Kisaki Chosokan. Chosokan. Or uh, Vatican Miracle Investigators. So nice. give it its English title. And this was a ridiculous show. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to describe it really, but basically, there's the two main characters, these like two priests from the Vatican, whose job it is to go around the world, like, investigating claims of miracles happening and determining whether or not they're actual miracles or not. Um, and like the first miracle in the show is happening at this like random church somewhere, and there's all sorts of weird, crazy goings on, and there's murders, and there's like intrigue and stuff, and then basically it ended up Hitler did it. <laughs> nice. um, and it's absolutely insane and I just did a, I did a proper spit take while I was drinking because you have to drink to watch this show um, and yeah it's just, it's just it's crazy I don't think okay. it's very good I think you should watch that first miracle arc which is like three or four episodes long and then just because stop. the conclusion is phenomenal and then just stop Okay. though it does cool. have Bidu Suskins the FBI agent he's pretty great nice um so next up on the list is Violet Evergarden. Oh man, we Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden. Is that not in a silly voice? We could talk about this quite a lot, couldn't we? I well, this is a show on Netflix. Yes. You've watched all of it. I have. I've watched the first five or six episodes, and I'd like to finish it, but again, haven't quite got around to it. Um, so we won't spoil anything. In that case, the premise is. Um, it's a sort of parallel world, but again, sort of like Western Europe style yes. uh, type setting, um, sort of wartime again. Um, the main character is a girl who's like sort of grown up being used as like a dog of the military, basically. She's like randomly a fighting machine. And so mm. she's just been like thrown into the front lines of conflict um, and just used as a tool effectively is her big backstory. Mm. Um Though towards the end of her like time serving in the military, she was basically under the command of Major someone, basically Can't a chap, um, who becomes quite enamoured with her, though she doesn't really get that because she doesn't really have any emotions because of like, the way she's been brought up fighting. <laughs> um, and then like basically sort of they end up in this horrible battle and like he dies, but before he dies, he's like, you know, I love you. And that sort of throws her mind into a crazy mess because she doesn't know what that means. Um, and she doesn't really have any emotions. So then after the war ends, she doesn't really know what to do with herself because all she's ever done is fight. And also, she's... And she had her arms blown off. Did she lose thing. her legs as well? Was it just her arms? I think it's just her arms. Okay. Had her arms blown off. And so she gets them replaced by like cool metal robot arm things. Auto-male uh, um, Auto-male. Auto arm. Not auto-male <laughs> auto no. It's just metal arms, really. But pretty much the same thing. Um, and so... She gets recruited by a friend of the guy who died, uh, who like sort of has to take care of her. He runs like a post office, basically. But they also offer this auto-memory doll service, which is where they have people whose job it is to sort of write letters for you. Mm. Um, whether it's like heartfelt letters to your family or like a business letter or whatever, it's like their job to sort of figure out the emotions and the message that you're trying to convey and then get it down on paper in the best way possible, which most people don't have the ability to do so. Yes. Partly because most people can't write as well. Um, 
but so she basically decides that she wants to try doing that as a job um partly as a way of sort of learning how emotions work yes and that's the sort of premise of the show and then she sort of grows and she does jobs yeah. for different people and so you see different people in different scenarios there a lot of wartime a, yeah. stuff some sadness I, it started out the show. I really wasn't that keen on it. Um, it's very pretty, but then I was like, there was just a girl who's going. She was sort of slightly more annoying at first, and just going, just say, just really, just not understanding anything. And I was like, just, I get it. You you don't understand what love is. Just you know, sort yourself out. Um, but then towards some of the sort of more some of the, I haven't got a few episodes into it. It was a bit more interesting. The situations were more interesting and she seemed to have actually worked out how you know generally things work although this is massive jump where she went from not really understanding any emotions at all to suddenly being amazing at writing letters Mm. and i wasn't really clear when that happened Mm. i think i know what you're talking about but um the 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 criticism that's often leveled at it that I've heard thus far, it's like it's quite a slow start and it takes a while to get into it, as you say. Mm. For me, though, I found I was like into it pretty. Uh, I think episode three might have been the turning point. It's the one where she's writing a letter for like the princess and the, and the prince. Yeah, that that was what actually. That's what really got me into it. I was like, yeah. this is this is a good show. That, and that, then it just got better. From that there. again was something quite different from what it had been mm. before. So. Yeah. Um, so this is on Netflix. Uh, it was actually a Netflix simulcast, the first of its kind. Yes. Um, so I actually gave it dun, 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 a 10 on my anime list. Um, like, I mean, when I think about it, really, it's probably more of a 9. But, like, I just got really caught up in the moment. But I really, really like the show. And it's gorgeous. Like, the art is amazing. Mm. The backgrounds it's, are phenomenal. It's KyoAni. As we talked about earlier, they do pretty things very well. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like it. Okay. So, there um... you go. I'm not going to remember the Japanese title for this, but World End, what do you do at the end of the world? Are you busy? Will you save us? I've definitely talked about this before. Yes, I remember you talking um, about this. And we're a bit short on time here. so uh, Or long on time. <laughs> basically, there's a guy who's a military guy, except he's a human and he's sort of immortal. He's sort of lived forever. It's not really clear. There's some floating islands, and um, there's all these fairies that he looks after, and the fairies are in a school, and it's their job to basically be suicide bombers. They just go somewhere and then use all their magical power and these magic swords to just explode. And then he's like, what if we actually train them to use the swords (laughs) so they don't explode? And there's some old stuff going on, there's lots of stuff, and... it was pretty good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it had some quite pretty moments. It's quite it's a pretty show. The music's quite good. Um, not really that memorable after the fact. I can't. I don't think it concluded in a very interesting way. Hmm. And it sort of got a bit messy and confusing towards the end. I think when I described it for you, you said you might be looking into it. I don't know if you ever did. No, I never did. To be honest, like from what you sa- you sounded then a lot more positive about it than I remember you sounding about it before. Yeah, I think I did. Um, but I don't know. I can't remember it that well. And if I can't remember it that well, I'm going to assume that it wasn't really Probably not that, that great. great. So um... Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. Like that description, which is possibly exactly what you said mm. previously, yeah, again, sort of rings interesting in my mind. I would so say... Maybe I mean, I'll the, check it out. The, the first couple of episodes, I think, are probably some of the better parts of the show. So watch them and... I think the opening was pretty good. I can't remember now, to be honest. It's it Kishida Kiran and the Akiboshi Rockets. It's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> not enough things are. 
Um, Where can people watch that, Ben? Is it Crunchyroll? It's on Crunchyroll. Talking of great openings, Yokai Apartment. Elegant Yokai Apartment Life? Elegant Yokai Apartment Life. Yeah, that one. Yeah. This was a show that I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, okay, I wasn't well, expecting to watch it and enjoy it as much as I did. We'll get back to that. Might be a better way to phrase it. Well, well, we'll cover plot quickly. There's a guy um, who's moving to a school and then he finds out that the dorms that he's going to stay in have burned, burned down. down. Um, which you always think is there some mysterious circumstances there, but no, it's literally they've just burned it's down. just burned down. Um, and uh, he's trying to find somewhere where he can stay. And he randomly wanders into this strange sort of letting place. And some guy is like, why not stay at this place? It's like he's the like, shadiest estate agent in yes. the world. And he's like, wow, this place is really cheap and food is included. What's the catch? And it turns out the catch is that he has to live in the yokai apartment, which is this house which is full of spirits and ghosts and other strange demons and whatnot. And um, at first he goes there and he's like, this is weird, this is horrifying. And then it turns out it's actually a great time and everyone there is really nice. And, and they have like massive feasts and drinking and they, parties they like, like every day. Like, every day they just come <laughs> home and they're all just drinking like, yay, let's have some food. <laughs> and quite a lot of the show, it's a, it's a really... Um, Feel good. I'd call it a true slice of life kind of yes, anime. Yes, slice of life definitely. Lots of things get described as slice of life. This is actually a true kind of slice of life thing. It's just random stuff happening. Mm, everyday shenanigans. <laughs> there is a bit of an overarching plot, but it's always kind of a sort of... It's There's a bit of overarching plot, and then there's an episode that's just about doing some random stuff. And yeah. the overarching plot isn't that... It's, it's a bit serious, it doesn't but it's not matter. that serious. Yeah. And it's mostly just saying, here's some fun things and here's some tasty food and everyone everyone's always just having a great time in the show yeah and the main character he's he's very much a kind of good guy and that you'd sort of think that's going to be annoying at first and then he actually just turns out he's just he's just a nice guy he's just a, a stand-up chap you know and he's got this friend who's really handsome oh man who, who always ends up just what a hero pleasing everyone and he, and he goes on like ridiculous yeah. trips all over the world and then yes. brings back crazy souvenirs but i mean it's just Again, I started out watching it. Um, we watched the first episode, I think, with the rest of my housemates, and then they weren't that keen on it. And I ended up watching the rest of it with my girlfriend. We loved it. I think it's great. So. Yeah. Similarly, watching it with my girlfriend. It was, yeah, a very feel-good thing. Everyone's having a great time. It makes you feel like you're having a great time, too. Um, it's been, yeah, it's like on the face of it, it's not something I'd normally watch. I mean, I don't mm. watch much true slice-of-life stuff. Not to say I haven't, and haven't enjoyed stuff like that, but... And, like, the... Like, I don't watch much yokai stuff, because yes. obviously that's a genre that's out there. And the art style almost makes it look like a show from, like, quite a while back, yeah. I think. Um, but no, yeah, it all just added up to make a nice, pleasant viewing experience. It was just... It was just it was just so nice to watch. Mm. It was easy. It was just... It was polite to the senses. Yeah. It was a great time. It's on Crunchyroll. It is. <clears throat> um, Tell you what else is on Crunchyroll. You're a mushy pedal. Uh, new generation and glory line. Yes. So that's the third and fourth seasons, respectively. Of the um, cycling anime, you're a mushy pedal. Yeah. Because there are other cycling anime. It's worth pointing out. Um. So we both are big fans of you're a mushy pedal seasons one and two. Yes. Which but, is great. Uh, frequently find ourselves talking about, particularly while it's currently airing, 
uh, how we're less enamoured with seasons <laughs> three and four of the Ormish well, Channel. Se- season one and two were a sort of an original arc, and then in season... Uh, I mean, it's a sports anime, and as with these sports animes, um, they're all about high school sports, and then you have... It's like the third years have to leave, and then the new guys come in, and that's what... And then they go and do the same tournament again. Yes, and that that's really what the... Um, what the second sort of what the third and fourth season arcs have been about is about the new generation coming in and uh, doing except, the same competition. Yeah. Except now the characters are less interesting and the sort of focus is less interesting. <clears throat> really, the what was great about the first series is that it was about this guy called Onoda who is pretty much just this anime nerd who randomly cycles his bicycle 90 miles <laughs> each way to Akihabara like every week to go and buy stuff without even really realizing that it's a very long distance. Not even like a proper bicycle, just on like a single gear bicycle. <clears throat> and he wanted to set up an anime club at his school. Yeah, well, he, he wanted to join the anime club, and the anime club was shut, to which he was horrified. And then some guy from the cycling club like sees him cycling up this ridiculously steep hill <laughs> behind the school and says, hey, you should join the cycling club. And, he, and the guy's like, maybe you should join the anime club. <laughs> so they have a race to see who's going to join which club. And in the end, he, he joins the cycling club. But really what was interesting about it was that it's a sports anime, but you have this central character who is basically a massive anime nerd. And they sort of play off that a lot. And he's like, oh, this is just like anime stuff and he sings anime songs to make himself go faster and he's just a massive dweeb in a really fun way yeah and um all the other characters are pretty great third years are great yes and now particularly i mean the the third season wasn't too bad but it was sort of lacking again some of the bigger third year characters Mm. things like that and then this fourth season we basically haven't focused on ostensibly the main character at all we've just focused on everyone just losing and being miserable and it's just not really been very fun to watch and the pacing whilst i feel like it probably is the same as it was before like it just feels like so agonizingly slow where they spend multiple episodes on each just like little race between two people for like this particular sprint tag on like the second day of this three week competition it, for something it, that makes no odds in the it was always like that but it was the, always like that but the way that i mean it's just again the characters are less interesting mm. you don't really care what the result is at the moment the well i think it's finished now but the sort of most recent couple of episodes yeah because just been about two characters i really don't care yeah. about I say this as someone who's like just actually bought some Yoramushi pedal jerseys. Yoramushi pedal cycling jerseys, so I can wear them when I'm on my bike. Because now I cycle for real rather than just watching an anime. Because I wasn't actually even that inspired by the anime in the end, which is a bit. Yeah. I was. I can't even remember what inspired me, but I just decided I'd cycle to work. But really, like, no one's actually gonna watch Yoramushi pedal season <coughs> four unless they've watched the previous three seasons. So. Yeah. And in that case, I mean, it's just more, but it's less good more. Really, I'd say that if you're going to watch your own pedal, just watch the first two seasons and then really just stop. Yeah, probably. You're not, you're not really getting any more out of yeah. it. It's just more of the same. We'll update you if it suddenly does a U-turn and becomes amazing. I doubt it. Ben, we're on the last one. We are. Did you watch this show? No. <laughs> what is this? Uh, this is Yuru Camp or um, Laid Back Camp. Oh, that one. See, this is actually links back to our first show, 
sort of, which is a place for the universe, whatever it was, the end time. Back when that was. Um, so I was watching, I, I was, because quite a lot of the time, I just, I look through things and I look at the posters of whatever I'm looking at. Um, or sort of whatever, there's the promotional image, and then I gauge from that whether I think it's going to be trash or not. And I looked at this show and I thought, this just looks like some Moe bullshit. It doesn't look like it's going to be great. And then it random. I also look at the ratings on Crunchyroll because I can see that on the app and it's a vague indication of whether the general public who are on Crunchyroll, you usually have shit taste, by the way. Um, well, basically, sorry, Crunchyroll viewers. <laughs> no, it's it's what I use the rating system <clears throat> for is that like the vast majority of shows will be like four and a half or five mm. stars because people just go like, yeah, yeah, woo, anime. So if something on Crunchyroll is rated like one, two or three stars, it's probably rubbish. Yes, that's <laughs> that's usually the good indication. Anyway, this had some obnoxiously high rating, like 4.8. So I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. And um, so watch this show, which is basically about cute girls going camping. And as I said, the English title, well, the the title is Laid Back Camp, and it is a very relaxing show. <clears throat> and there's these two, cent- there's sort of four sort of central characters, but two of them are more central than the others. And it's about this, the, one of the girls will just sort of go off and goes camping occasionally by herself. She always goes camping in winter. And it's just really relaxing and really and the backgrounds are really pretty, and they sort of give you camping tips. And there's sort of, and then there's these two other girls who are actually a bit more boisterous and sort of, it's like whenever they're on screen, you're like, oh, this is just some boring, well, not boring, but it's just like a generic um, sort of shoujo, not shoujo, uh, moe blob kind yeah. of thing. And then. When you have the other two characters and they're just camping, it's like, ah, oh, this is a great show. I really enjoy this. And they are they, those two are really good characters and they, they kind of go to interesting places and go camping and meet interesting people. And it was just it's just so relaxed and easy to watch. And I did actually really enjoy, really genuinely enjoy it quite a lot. Hmm. So um, That's cool. If you don't really... I mean, if you looked at it and just overlooked it, then, you know, maybe it's worth a second look. Like or at me. least watching yeah. a, a first episode and see what you think. Because I think it'll it'll surprise you. And also it's got a fantastic opening. Oh, that and is really important. Also a fantastic ending as well. Like, I'm not sure the music... The music in the show is actually pretty good. All around, pretty great music. Cool. That, I might have to check that out. And that just finished um, this past season. So. I need a good laid-back show. Yeah, so. it's it's great. It's it's a it's a good like tea time anime if you drink tea, which I don't think you do. Much. No, I don't. Well, there you go. but I do have tea times. Well, so that's it. We got through our <laughs> list. It. We went that's all impressive. the way from A to Y. A to Y. Man, that was exciting, eh? Do you want to say what your favorite show was? Yeah. So well, I think you already kind of. Said yeah, I was, was about to say. Yeah, I've already said. I think. To be fair, I'll say my top two shows are Isekai Shokudo slash Restaurant to Another World and Shingeki no Bahamut Virgin Soul. And I'd probably recommend both of them to anyone, really. Um, in terms of my favourite shows, <clears throat> I don't really know. Um, there's lots of shows that I quite enjoyed. But again, there's not really been a lot that's really made me just go, wow, that was amazing. Nothing changing your life. I mean, I did enjoy Yokai Apartments, but... It yeah. wasn't like amazing 
world-changing. World yeah, it's not a game-changer. Um, I did quite enjoy laid-back camp, but, like, again, not really a game-changer. I suppose if we're just ranking our animes from last year. Um, yeah. Neo Yokio is pretty great, <laughs> but I'm not really sure where would I would feel a bit weird to state that. that so, your... um... I mean, I'd just I mean, say, don't you feel know, precious I, again, to... we did kind of say it was a year of good, but not a year of high quality, high overall quality, but not many standouts. Yeah. What would you prefer? Do you prefer like general crap and then a couple of really outstanding top, like top 10 shows? Or would you prefer just sort of generally pretty good shows across the board? I think I prefer the former, partly because I'd probably get more time back because mm. I wouldn't watch as many shows. And then I'd also have that gold, which is great. I mean, it, when you find a show and it's just really good and it's really good all the way through, all the way through, it's just such a, it's a great, great feeling. feeling. Yeah. Great feeling. I like how you said that in the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, let's wrap we it should, up. We should definitely wrap it up there because it's been like three hours, and also we need to go pretty. We've soon. got a party to go We've to. We've got a party to go to because <laughs> we're cool kids. We're so uncool. Okay, um, well, are we going to do our normal sign off thing? Do we have a normal sign-off? It's like where I say, I've been Ben, and you say, I've been Mike, and this has been stuff we like, and then we sign off. Did we do that? We did that before. Okay, go on then. (laughs) Well, I've been Ben. I've been Mike. And this has been Stuff Stuff We we Like. like. Do we usually say it in unison? We don't. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Cheers.